the Ursa's claws. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Age of Darkest podcast. We've done special episodes before, often our Siege of Terra series or um, some compilations that we've done in the past for a series, for example, the Science of Space Marines. But this one is very dear to my heart. And we've been working on this for several months. And I'm so very happy to finally get to do it because today we are talking about the history and state of Warhammer Metal. And joining me today to discuss this very important topic, <laughs> it's a very important topic, <laughs> this incredibly crucial topic that we will be discussing today is our good and dear friend the most powerful metalhead in the whole southern hemisphere our buddy ben how's it going jp i am doing fantastic thank you so much for joining us uh uh well for joining me i guess <laughs> the other guys uh due to time zones and their disinterested metal will not be here uh but <laughs> um uh, but thank you so much for coming along and 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 thank you so much for doing all the incredible legwork that you did uh for for this particular uh episode but before we go any further before we go into uh our our metal special uh could you quickly introduce yourself tell us uh um, um how you came into uh 40k 30k and of course how you came into metal um yeah okay it's the sort of as a lot of people out there the the 40k and metal thing sort of happened around the same time as most people like you know a young young child in the your early late sort of 10 11 13 year old boys you know you're just just finding things out and discovering the world and then you see Space Crusade and Hero Quest ads on TV and see them in the toy shops. And you go, it blows your mind because there's big burly dudes that look a bit like Arnie with bolt guns killing aliens. And then shortly after, you'll see someone walk through your school. I remember it. It was Newtown High in Hobart. Someone walked through my classroom with a white dwarf under his arm as as is common and you go what the fuck is that and the next thing you know you're in spending a hundred dollars at the time on a second ed box set and you're suddenly a warhammer dude um and scarred for life as the saying goes um so and i've got basically medals the same like i grew up dad was really into music and heavier stuff so grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin and Guns N' Roses and stuff as a small child and about the same, and sort of getting into Metallica at sort of age of eight or nine, being a weird little kid I was. And then when you get to high school, you meet the slightly older boys and they go, oh, have you listened to Cannibal Corpse? Have you listened to this band from the UK that looks just like those white dwarf covers called Bolt Thrower? And, again, it's, it's something that doesn't leave you. Like people drift in and out of metal. A bit through their lives like i went in a very grungy punky stage in my late 20s and stuff same as i played warhammer on and off until my early 20s and left it for about 10 years um because you know girls happen lives happen yeah, yeah. um you find other things and then geez probably about five or six years ago or if we're going to talk numbers at about 180 episodes ago um <laughs> there was I was just cruising on my podcast thing, wondering what's going on in the Warhammer world. And I noticed this little logo that said, I have Horace, Horace Heresy podcast. And I opened it up. And there was a couple of bogans from Brisbane um, talking their weird Brisbane lingo. 
but they put on a Mastodon song and I was kind of hooked into the podcast and that's how I got back into Heresy and I had realised that I'd missed it for about 10 years and stuff. Basically, I was sort of falling out of love with Games Workshop projects, products and stuff back in the sort of mid-noughties. What I'd loved from 2nd Ed and 3rd Ed and sort of 5th and 6th Ed Fantasy had sort of drifted away. And then when I heard Tim and Michael rant about how awesome Heresy was on the Eye of Horus, um, I realised that that love of and that core of what made 2nd and 3rd Ed fluff and gameplay so good has come back and it's it lives in heresy. Um, so, yeah, so I've been basically deep, balls deep in heresy for the last five, six years. Um, I haven't had a game in 18 months, unfortunately, because of old mate COVID and we've just gone through the dark years of heresy, but we're on the other side now and I'm painting up a new Empress Children Army to go with the Blood Angels and Night Lords that I'm known for. And um yeah, back hardcore into heresy. And now that COVID's gone, I'm sort of going to metal gigs every week. So both things are flourishing again. And life is good, mate. Oh yeah. The first show I went to after um oh COVID's not over, but like, you know, we're we're at the point of having to live with it. Um the first show I went to. Uh, after uh, um, restrictions were lifted, I like I, I I almost cried. Like I'm not gonna lie, it's just, like it had been so long that I had seen a live show. Uh, I guess before before we go into uh, talking a little bit about the history of of Warhammer, maybe we could talk real quick about what is what it is about Warhammer in general, like 40k, uh, 30k. What is it about this particular fantasy universe that makes it's so, uh, I, I guess, popular amongst uh, metal bands. You found dozens of metal bands that are are thematically based on Warhammer, like the broader Warhammer universe. I can't think of that many Star Trek bands or Star Wars bands. These are larger fandoms, but yeah. it seems like Warhammer is overrepresented in metal and massively overrepresented. What is it about this universe? Do you think? Um, oh, there's a few things. I think uh, most of the, if you do see a Star Trek band or a Star Wars band, particularly a Star Wars band or a Simpsons band, they're all generally comedy bands. Like I, I said here before we started recording, there was um, I found one called uh, Sons of Arrakis, which is a, a Dune-based one. They take themselves seriously, but most of them don't. The majority, the majority, I will say majority because that'll come up later, uh, of the Warhammer bands take it fairly seriously because it's, um, I think it's just such a rich, deep background of lore to to look at. And so there's hundreds of books, thousands of hours of fluff and stuff to go into Warhammer. The, the backgrounds, like, People talk about Tolkien and stuff being having a rich background. I mean, the Cimmerian was one book. You've got dozens of those for Warhammer. Um, so people just get fully invested in it. Um, the other thing is it just looks cooler. Like you could be like a Jedi in a bathrobe, but you don't look as cool as an eight-foot demonic space marine with a chainsaw and a demon grin on his face leaping from a drop pod and killing aliens that it, it's just such a the vibe of warhammer and the warhammer world is dark and it is violent and it is 
high paced. Like no one stands still for long in a Warhammer novel. Um, it's just, it is, it basically is just so rich for metal and music. It's it's just so similar that it just naturally happens. I think the aesthetics are very similar. We'll probably talk about that shortly, but the aesthetics of a Star Trek or Star Wars film or fluff don't really align with what's in the either the metal or the goth or the industrial worlds, whereas Warhammer sort of were, was born of those worlds. So I think they just it's they come from the same place. I think yeah, it's, it's the base of it, and it's it's the same little weird little kids that like that are drawn to Warhammer are going to be the same weird little kids walking through there, seeing their mate walk through a classroom with a white dwarf, they're going to be drawn to, to metal and Warhammer. It's, yeah, it's they're just so similar. They feed off each other. I, I couldn't agree more. I really think that the, the, the connection between uh, Warhammer and metal has been baked in from the start. Uh, we know that a lot of the original writers um, um, uh, of this universe, the, the creators of this universe were metalheads. I mean, it was the late 80s. How can yeah. you not be? It's just there's something about this almost comically grandiose, somewhat satirical, but like over the top universe that they created that is just so metal. You can go into a game store and look at, you know, all the Star Wars source books or any other game like Infinity or anything like that. They, they don't look like an album cover, but almost every 40K product ever made looks like a fucking metal album cover. Yeah, it's just it's just from the it's from the same place in our cold black hearts that comes from. Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to put it. Um, yeah. So let's let, let's get into this. Let's get into um, to the first part of our, of our discussion, uh, which is the, the, the history of uh, Warhammer Metal. Now, we talked to this kind of baked into the start of of warhammer warhammer started in the early 80s I, I think the first edition of warhammer fantasy battle came out in what 83 uh it might have even yeah because it was they were i mean that the guys are running a, a DD shop and they just sort of developed their own version of that so um, well, it's people that were bored with DD. Uh, it's it's kind of ironic. I think it's people that like wanted to play DD, but more like uh, uh um more like lar- like actual battles with miniatures. Uh and the iron the irony is that DD had evolved from a miniatures game called Chainmail. Yeah, and obviously um the UK still had that really strong history of military wargaming, yeah, as well, which you'd see in old films of guys staying around with Napoleonics and stuff. But um the I think it was just a perfect storm. So uh, if we go back in the way back machine a bit um, to the sort of late 60s, early 70s, you've got, obviously we know most of Warhammer lore has come from or is directly influenced by Michael Moorcock. So around the time he was writing stuff in the late 60s and 70s, he was also working with the likes of Hawk. He's, he's actually contributed to an album with Hawkwind which is one of the first big crossovers of fantasy authors and stuff interacting with bands. And we've also got to look at the same time, we've got Led Zeppelin singing songs about Lord of the Rings. Um, Rush, probably Rush is my favourite Rush song, is the Necromancer, which is those guys putting themselves in a Dungeon the Dragons, Lord of the Rings type scene and having a whole song based around their little adventure. Um, people started singing about, or 
making songs about sort of imaginary or literary worlds that hadn't been done before to the extent. So it wasn't boy meets girl has a summer crush, blah, blah, blah. Or, I mean, the uh, people were making music, sort of the prog and psych stuff and then the heavy metal stuff basically sort of it made this fertile ground for people to s- sing songs about elves and dwarves hacking the shit out of each other with axes um, and necromancers casting spells and stuff. Um, and then Dio come along, obviously. Um, Dio is, I mean, you can't hear Dio and not think of some nerd in a basement rolling a dice. And I'd just like to point out at this stage, JP, that you had said we'd been working on this for six months because a few weeks ago the internet got lit up by a metalhead wearing a Dio shirt that played Dungeons and Dragons religiously. So it wasn't just timing that Stranger Things has just come out and Eddie is currently the most popular person on the internet that we do this. But um, it was good timing. Um, yeah, so nerds have been listening to metal and playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Dio literally dice. used to fight a dragon on stage. He had a giant stage show in the eighties where he would yeah. like he would, with a giant sword he'd fight a dragon. Yeah. So yeah, so we that that's that's seventies and eighties, which you think is only I mean that's only a period of fifteen years where it's sort of all come to fruition, which is not that long in in music period, sort of fifteen years. I mean, you think fifteen years of the last musical and then the last 15 years music hasn't really developed that much but from michael moorcock taking lsd with hawkwind to dio fighting dragons on stage was a fairly quick sort of evolution um and then so 19 november 89 if you're a little nerd back then with your little nerd mullet probably had a dio back patch on um you went into your local game store and bought White Dwarf, number 95, in the November, you would see a flexi disc on the front of a band called Sabbath, and that's a, that song was Blood for the Blood God, and that is the first official Warhammer metal song. Um, so that's day one. That is basically, that's where this whole podcast technically starts, um, Sabbath, Blood for the Blood God, and, yeah, on an issue of White Dwarf. So it is a, a very of its time song, um, but still to see that in a major publication or, or a fairly major nerd publication for the day was a big thing. Should we? Um, should we? Should, should we put it on? I think we should. I think let's throw that, it on. That is day one. This is day one of Warhammer Metal. A Sabbath, Blood for the Blood yeah. God. Yeah. 
And that, that moves us nicely into our next little bit to talk about. Now, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows old man Blanche, John Blanche. I have a theory that because he was so, he was fairly heavily Moorcock influenced and he was hanging around in London and stuff in the 70s with all the people that do all those special, special medicines that the people in the 70s did. Um, don't do drugs, kids, it's bad. Um, that Mr. John Blanche used to hang out with Lemmy and get wasted, but, but that's just probably a little hope of mine. I, I still think, yeah, Lemmy and John Blanche would have been a great combo. Uh, but he started, he's obviously artwork come out of the same place that the music's come out of, that's sort of psychedelic fantasy stuff of the 70s. Um, so in 1988, around the same time as the Sabbath stuff come out, he put he done the cover for a band called Do- Cloven Hoof and a Dominator, and anyone that played Second Ed Necromunda um, or was in Games Workshop in the early nineties will recognise the the cover of Cloven Hoof. It is the iconic um, white haired Escher, uh, whatever the character was for the time. But it's called Dominator. Wait, uh, yeah. was it was it was it Madonna? No, it wasn't Madonna. It wasn't she had Madonna. Yeah. She had pink hair. Uh, she was called something weird, like the Dominatrix or something. So, so yeah. So we've got that crossover then of Blanche doing cover art for for metal bands. So he he's done he done basically a cover for a band called Helter Skelter, which was just a hair metal band. Um, Pariah is another one Blanche worked on around that eighty eight period. Um, he's done. Sabbath again, History of a Time to Come is a John Blanche cover. So, yeah, so again, there's still that cl- crossover. Like it's, you, it's one of those things where you can't really separate Warhammer at that time with metal. It's like they're just one and the same. Um, they're so, they were just so intrinsically linked. And that probably leads us into a time in Games Workshop, which most people don't even know existed. So from the period of 1991 to I think the last one was 93, Games Workshop had a record label. I know people are probably out there amazed by this, but I think yeah. I think I think most people will probably only remember one thing from 
uh, from Warhammer Records is the one song by D Rock that was on the old CD ROM uh, Space Hulk game. Yep. And it was the same same cover as I think Epic was it Epic Space Marine or one of them. It was that where the guy or whatever they did for Photoshop back in the day probably just it was Tony Montana, it. eh? Tony Montana with <laughs> bright blonde hair, you know, Dark Angels armor shooting people. So yeah, it was the Epic Space Marine box, I think. Yeah, uh, not, not the game Space Marine, but like oh, or Dark. Oh, the upgrade kit, yeah, like yeah, the, the upgrade the kit with a Space kit, Marine, yeah. like just a big box of Space Marines and Rhinos and Land Raiders. Yeah, but um, yeah, Gameswork shot up, put out a few, a few albums and stuff. So they've put out obviously the D Rock ones, which were, I mean, D Rock was mostly a made up band by Games Workshop. That was like an in house, in house thing. Brian May uh, from Queen plays guitar on one of the songs on the first album. Really? Yeah, I did not know. That's yeah. That's uh, um, it's an interesting, uh, an interesting fact about D Rock. Apparently, his kid was really into Warhammer, and uh, they went to a Games Workshop store, and I think. I guess D Rock was there, so it's like, hey, you, could you play guitar? Could you play like one riff of a guitar on our songs? It's like, oh, sure. there you go, Brian. Why mate, not? Big nerd. Um, I can see how he imagine playing. Oh, he's probably got a huge games room. It'd be awesome place to play Brian's mate's house. Okay. game. Um, yeah, actually, the the guitarist from Sabbath, um, Sabbath finished up a few. Like they probably only last about four or five years, but the guitarist from Sabbath is now the guitarist for Judas Priest. So really, people hang around. Yeah, yeah that's rad. Uh, so there was another band, uh, yeah, back to Warhammer Records. There was another band called Wrath, which is just a one and done sort of thing that had the old uh chaos expansion for Epic on the cover. Um, Rich Rags was another one, Psycho Deadheads from Outer Space, which is really worth looking up that cover. It's got a bunch of Gene Steeler cultists on the front, but the probably the mostly for the UK guys. I don't know how big this band were in the Canada and the US, JP, but. Games Workshop actually had Saxon on their on their label for about for two or three um two or three EPs. Um, so yeah, so Saxon's Forever Free um, album. Uh, Saxon is a big deal in the UK still. Wasn't that album. Bruce Dickinson's first band? Ah, uh, po- nah, possibly. I know uh, Saxon are still like second or third headliners on my, a lot of the download and Bloodstock. They're the big UK festivals. They always draw a huge crowds. Still, oh, that's awesome. Um, they're um. Yeah, so their album Forever Free has got the Dark Angels on a bike on the front, which again, people are recognized. Most of these covers, people will recognize from like the second ed 40K or Epic books. They've used the same artwork. Yeah, so that was the short lived but highly fruitful Warhammer Records, which um, you can still buy on Discogs and stuff. If you want to track, if you're a collector, the you're probably looking uh, for these ones probably around up to $50 for. For one of the singles, I know I got the Blood for the Blood God uh, flexi disc was fifty dollars. Um, you probably could have bought it for fifty cents for the last <laughs> twenty years, but the last five years has just rocketed up. So well, that's how um, it I've, is. How yeah. did the flexi disc sound? I've never actually listened to one. Yeah, not great. So, <laughs> um, like you know, there's a song on there, and it's still you can still hear it. So imagine like it's. It's probably about as good as like a triple generation copied cassette. Yeah. Oh, it's probably, yeah, it's held up fairly well considering like most of them have been turfed or left in people's drawers and stuff. So, and actually trying to find a white dwarf to go with it from that. The, the white dwarf will cost you more than the flexi disc these days, which is a bit of a bummer. But yeah. So now that we've spoken about that particular part of Warhammer Records and John Blanche doing covers, 
In 1989, uh, I'll just point out that John Blanche is still doing covers. He's The last one he did was in 2001 for a band called Voodoo Forest, which are separate to the sort of stuff we're talking about now. But, um, yeah, Blanche is still still into music and still dealing with bands, which is good. Um, obviously a bit of a recluse these days, but a bit of a rocker back in the day. Um, now, and there was a band that came out in 1998, or a band that put an album out in 1998, they were formed in 1996. They put out an EP called In Battle, There Is No Law in 1998. And then they put out another album in 1989. I think I'm going to let you talk about this one, JP, because <laughs> your your excitement is just infectious. So do you want to talk about the almighty Bolt Thrower? But yeah, Bolt Thrower started, uh, again, 86. Uh, they, uh, they they were part of that first run of, of, of Grindcore, with uh, Napalm Death and um, Repulsion and, and 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 bands like that, which had sort of combined uh, like the energy of uh, sorry, the combined sort of uh, metal with like this energy of, of of hardcore punk that was also huge in the UK at the time. So they they, they come up with with uh, uh, in battle there is no law, and you can clearly see that they're nerds. Their their, their name is Bolt Thrower, and and I think there's a schematic for a Bolt Thrower like. You know, like you know, like a dark elf bolter kind of thing on on the album cover, and already you can see it's kind of like nerdy metal. Um, in battle, there is no law. Is really like a, a pretty straight uh, grindcore album, like really like high energy. It really sounds like early Napalm Death, um, which I think is is certainly what they were going for. So when it came time to do um, a follow up, um, I mean, let's we'll point out that's for a, for a first EP. It is really good. Like that, it is fantastic. They definitely, definitely showed promise. And, and it's one and of those the, things. Uh, the that... cover is the cover. The actual album art cover is classic. It's one of the most. If, like if you're looking up bootleg shirts online yeah. or bootleg Duna covers, I, I have a in battle there is no law bootleg Duna cover, which I've I'm seen not allowed to. So many of those bootlegs in the wild. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's because uh, it's not an Eric record, um, yeah. and and therefore uh, whoever. Uh, I don't remember what uh, what uh, label uh, in Battle There Is No Law was on, but I don't think they're as litigious as Eric. Um, But it's it's a fantastic album. It really, really is very good. But it doesn't really sound like later Bull Thrower. Uh, And it's one of those debates. Do you remember that movie that documented was made by uh, that that guy from Vancouver, uh, 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 Metal A Headbanger's Journey? He's. I, I know that one well. Um, Dev now he now does. Uh, what was his what's his name? I've met the guy. Uh, Sam Dunn. Uh, Sam Dunn. Sam. Um, he now does Banger TV. So, uh, if you want any sort of metal reviews and stuff on YouTube, I uh, highly recommend Banger TV. It's probably the most. Uh, it's probably the yeah most high end YouTube yeah. metal channel. So he's like an anthropologist, right? So he actually he looked at metal in an anthropological lens, and in many ways he looked at metal in almost like a a taxa a taxonom what am i trying to say he tried to characterize everything and put everything into categories as academics do and 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 he got a lot of flack for his uh category for grindcore um and he had napalm death of course he had repulsion on there but then he had both and people shat on him for years it's like why is both on there they have one grindcore album but it's at and eventually he did on banger tv right he did um uh, another episode of it where he re- like he kind of redid the grindcore uh, category and he replaced bolt thrower um but at the same time uh, bolt thrower's first album 
and we'll get to uh, Realm of Chaos in a second, but like in battle, there is no law. There is no question. It is a quintessential early um, grindcore album. Like you can't take that away from them. And just because their their style changed over the years, as is often the case, that doesn't mean they're not grindcore. Uh, uh, they they are a, an important early grindcore band. Their their sound shifted, but so did Carcass. You know, <laughs> like it's you can't you can't exactly fault them for that. But anyways. Um, so yeah, he got a lot of flack for, uh, for putting both of her in there, but anyways, they did. So when it came time to do a second uh, album for, for the first thing that happened, they, they got signed to earache, um, as opposed to, and this is a huge myth. Let's bust this myth right now, uh, is, uh, both was never on Warhammer records. Uh, they were an earache band, uh, um, and, and they were one of the first bands signed on earache, which at the time was signing a lot of, uh, grindcore, like notably napalm death. My understanding of it, uh, I haven't done an enormous, <laughs> this is mainly from memory, but uh, uh, my understanding is they, they they definitely really into that, the, the realm of chaos kind of stuff that was coming out. Rogue Trader came out in 87, then 88 and 89, you have the two volumes, uh, Slave to Darkness and Realm of Chaos, both yep. of which were sort of created chaos as we know it today in the universe. Uh, the first two, the first book, uh, Slaves of Darkness, had Korn and Slanesh, really developed it strongly. These were books that were destined for like a mature audience kind of thing. Uh, the original uh, staff of com- uh, Stave of Command was pretty much a dildo. I mean, hmm. it was it was really dark, and it was it was clearly like they were listening to metal as they were like writing this book. I mean, it was a match made in heaven for someone to take the art from the two realm of chaos books and also rogue trader and, and to make a concept album out of it. So that's what both, both were decided to do. Earache uh, went to games workshop, contact games workshop and, and, and asked them for permission to use the art. Like it was licensed, right? Like licensed. Uh, So you have, you know, the iconic cover image of the crimson fists uh, uh, fighting like on in like a pile and they're they're, they're the orcs on all sides. That's the cover for realm of chaos. And again, in some very, very good timing, JP, all the Marines were in beaky armor, which yes. is the new hotness at the moment. So yeah, we were meant to do this episode now. It, it is the time. It was it was it was written in the stars, my friend. Yeah. Uh and if you look at the booklet too, I have like one of one of their um I have a newer version of Realm of Chaos, but there's like a whole um, interior booklet with all the old art from um, from Realm of Chaos. It was a match made in heaven uh, for for both of her, and both of her made probably the most important uh, Warhammer Metal album ever. Uh, it was it's still considered an absolute classic. Both of her has had something of a renaissance in the last twenty years. Yeah, you, you've been around for as long as I have. You remember the '90s? No one listened to both of her in the '90s. No. Uh, it's debatable. I mean, some of the bolt throwers best stuff was in the late 90s, but um that was death metal as a whole sort of had a bit of a, a bit of a late 90s um dark times. But yeah, the last 15 or 20 years, bolt throw have had a huge resurgence. Um sadly one of the members passed away and I think it was 2015. So we yeah, there'll be no more bolt thrower music. Oh, yeah, um, but- it, they're they're effectively done. I'm I'm just happy I got to see them a few times. Uh, it it is just such an important album uh, for this because I don't want we don't we don't want to call it a genre, right? Warhammer Metal is not a genre. It's like a th- it's a theme. It's a philosophy, I think. I think that's yeah. the best way of putting it. That's that's a yeah. 
but Realm of Chaos is just an absolute masterpiece. It still has that grindcore sound to it, but it's really moving into a, a more metal sound, which was concretized uh, with, um, which moved further with Warmaster. And then Fourth Crusade. Fourth Crusade is a pure metal album. All, all the grindcore is pretty much out of it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the Bull Thrower changes everything. And and I think we said that we would, uh, with Bull Thrower, we would sort of uh, bring it to to the near present, if you will, and start talking about more more recent metal before we do yeah. that before we do that though i do have to ask you what is your favorite both realm oh it's realm of chaos i mean like i said you can make the academic um argument that some of the other ones are better but those other ones don't have world eater on it and they don't have space marines on the front cover ripping orcs heads off with their bare hands so yeah you can look at it any way you like the nostalgia and just the feel of realm of cast will always be my make it my favorite bolt thrower album um that's why i spent like 300 dollars getting a first pressing of it which oh. is that's the thing we should also mention with bolt thrower if you ever see genuine bolt thrower merch at a swap and sell or in a secondhand record shop or something maybe a charity shop buy it because it is just going through the roof now t-shirts at two or three hundred dollars records yeah, are a thousand dollars plus yeah they never um, everyone loves bolt thrower yeah, they never sold uh, merch online. I don't think uh, you had to go to their shows, and they didn't play a lot of shows. I have some uh, some merch that I bought directly. The first time I saw Bolter in two thousand nine at Maryland Death Fest, um, there was a lineup before their merch table went on sale. There was a lineup for like four hours. I got in line a little late, and by the time I got there, like there had almost nothing left. I literally bought a a shirt for my girlfriend at the time who did not like Bolter, but it's like that's the only piece of merch that was fucking left on the table. So I'm taking that shirt. Yeah, uh, it's it, it 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 really is it. Although it it came from a DIY kind of like underground space, at a certain point they understand they understood scarcity creates yeah. value. <laughs> I I do distinctly remember texting you once from an Emperor gig, JP, just before they come on saying, "Oh my fucking god, one of the roadies has got an original Age of Darkness T-shirt on." Oh fuck, that's awesome! I'm like oh. And I thought the only person on this planet that would appreciate that as much as me would be JP. So I'm going to message him. Yeah. Actually, before we move on from Bolt Thrower, uh, just real quick, I just want to mention, uh, I was talking to you about this earlier. Once again, um, um, often when we record these shows, we uh, tend to like <laughs> have a, a lot of our discussion uh, before the show starts. And it's like, ah, oh, man, we should probably save that. Uh, I should note that uh, I believe in 2009, I, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, Realm of Chaos was reissued and uh, uh, by Earache Records. By then, both thrower had left earache records and they were on metal blade at the time i believe and although their last album was in like what 2004 uh those ones loyal they haven't had, they haven't had yeah. an album in forever and and so uh, when eric wanted to reissue realm of chaos uh eric records they went over to games workshop and they were like well can we you know renew our license for this art and games workshop kind of like from my understanding kind of looked at them as like what no because <laughs> games workshop in like 2009 was not the same games workshop as 1989 so yeah. um they had to they had to like redo new art in like a warhammer style but they cannot reuse uh the art which is it's just sad but um i don't know they're missing maybe with the the resurgence of Baltra, they'll let it happen again but i i'm, I'm doubtful Oh, they but don't want. Got- they don't want anybody to have any. Uh, it would cost a fortune to license any other art. They don't want anybody yeah. else to have to sully the the brand with your disgusting satanic music. Yeah, 
that is unless you're doing like some five dollar mobile phone app. Oh yeah, that's fine. That. Fine. <laughs> but no, we should stop. No, let's not. That's enough GW ragging for the moment. Yeah. Um. So I think, like I said, back in sort of post bolt thrower or when bolt throws out, the other band worth checking out is Dismember. I'm just going to take a bit of a side at the moment. If you're out there and you haven't heard Dismember, go and Google Massive Killing Capacity and just look at the album cover. And that is, I mean, second to Realm of Chaos, that is probably of the sort of pre-2000 albums, that is the most 40K album cover of all time outside of Bolt Thrower. And also a great album. So, yeah, go check out Dismember as well. So let's go into uh, the second part of our of our conversation today, which was about, the, I guess, the state of Warhammer uh, Metal. So we're going to be talking about, and Ben did an incredible amount of research <laughs> to find dozens of 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 bands that are, are Warhammer themed that that exist uh, today. And and we're going to go through some. We're going to play some uh, songs. We can't play them all because otherwise this episode would be seven hours long. Um, At least, we, yeah. yeah, we picked uh, we picked out some that we particularly liked, but we'll uh, call out as many um, uh, bands as we can. We're going to go by genre, however. We mentioned that Warhammer is more of a theme or of a philosophy, as Ben mentioned, uh, but we're, we're going to be approaching it more uh, by uh, genre. And I should note one thing before we proceed. Uh, we'll be shouting out everybody. Uh, all the bands we'll be talking about today, we're going to be shouting out their Bandcamp. The link, Bandcamp is still probably the best place to to get your music if uh, you want the band if it, it, the, the the band that you're listening to if you want them to actually be compensated if they, you want them to get a couple bucks um it's not spotify and it's not itunes uh, bandcamp is the best option because you can uh, give money uh, directly to the band like a digital download usually isn't a lot of money often just for kicks you give them 666 uh for 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 the music you can also buy merch there and on fridays they do it like multiple times a year uh, bandcamp fridays uh bandcamp waves its commission so uh, obviously bandcamp takes a, a percentage of 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 what you spend uh, when you what you send to uh the band but on bandcamp fridays uh they waive that so the band gets a hundred percent of it and often that's when bands will put out new merch and new um uh, new albums uh so definitely check uh, yeah. bands out on, on bandcamp if you can and it's the best way to get um not only bandcamp has a, a function where you can listen to stuff for free a couple of times so if you want to just check something out that but we're going to mention some bands tonight that you're going to probably hate out there listeners just just wait till we get to some of the synth bands um um, but yeah so you can you can check stuff out there free it's also the best place to get shirts from bands um uh short of going to a show and the big thing now so the last three or four years cassettes have had a huge resurgence and they're quite cheap so you're looking you're normally looking sub ten dollars for a physical cassette um and to have have a nice uh, one of my most prized possessions that I've got of the last 12 months is my World Eaters and Chainswords uh, cassettes because they just look so cool. And you've got a physical thing in your hand um, and patches and shirts as well from these cool bands. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, ta- Bandcamp is the great. best one. Uh, tapes are great. They ship, uh, they, they ship easily. They're, they're, they're not as easily dam- damageable as records. They're a lot easier to ship than records. And one of the reasons that tapes have had a renaissance is that you know CDs were never fun for like a format like like as a physical format you know I have a bunch of CDs but they're not displayed like my records and and tapes are 
but tapes are great because uh, they're they're cheap to produce um, as opposed to records where you really need to have like make a hundred of them for it to be worthwhile. You can make 10 tapes. And, and uh, by the way, for those that remember in the nineties that like somehow remember that tape sounded like shit, they really didn't. That was a lot of record industry propaganda tapes, a good tape and a good tape deck sounds just as good as a record or a CD. Mm. It's just that CDs were cheaper to make. That's why they convinced everybody to buy CDs and rebuy their collections because CDs cost pennies to make. They're even cheaper than, uh, than, than tapes. But anyways, uh, yeah, definitely. I'm with Ben on here. I started collecting tapes again and I, I really enjoy the format. And there's something just so, there's something so satisfyingly tactile in a tape. And patches. You can get their patches. patches I want to yeah. see uh, the next pictures from Adepticon and stuff. People going around with patches of the likes of Dominus Knox and World Eaters and stuff. We need more Warhammer patches out there. So anyways, just uh, uh, to conclude that, if there's music out there that makes you happy, and that's not like a, a, a you know someone from a giant record label that already makes billions of money, billions of dollars. If, if there's music out there that makes you happy, support the artists that are making it. It's, it's worth it. Just a couple bucks makes a huge difference for people. Let's move on. Let's move on. Where do you want to start with our analysis of the present state of Warhammer Metal? Well, let's start at an old genre, I think. Let's start. I'm just going to flick my notes. because we. Sorry to break the, the magic, but we have actually sort of loosely prepped all this. <laughs> it makes us look even better if we prepped it. Oh, mate, unless someone saw my handwriting. Um, I look like a ransom note from a five-year-old. Okay, so we might as well start with speed metal. A few little entries here. So have you got your spreadsheet of knowledge opened up, Jason? I do. The spreadsheet oh, you made. <laughs> Let's start with, let's talk about Solicitor. Uh, Solicitor's a Portland band. Uh, they've just toured, recently toured with another of our bands, Soul Grinder, which we'll talk about later. Um, really killer, uh, old school speed, blackened speed metal. The the lead singer has the Instagram hand, handle BabeHammer40K. Um, I think if you like the old school stuff, particularly if you like any sort of 80s speed metal, Motorhead, Venom, anything like that. Go and check out Solicitor. Um, and, and also, again, I think we spoke about this beforehand, before we started, JP. Uh, one of this other, there's some there's some bad similarities between the Warhammer world and the metal world, and one of those is probably female representation. Has still got a couple of years to catch up. Um, I know... I know metal's really doing a good job of it. Warhammer's doing a good job of it. Um, I mean, you look at the lead singer of this band and she's fucking scary, man. Um, yeah, well, probably one of the best front women in metal that I've seen the last couple of years, just on the live stuff. So, yeah, highly Absolutely. recommend go and check out Solicitor. Also, this is going to start like something with theme for tonight. A band from Portland. A band from Portland. What the fuck is in the water in Portland? Anyways, we'll come back yeah. to Portland. <laughs> Uh, uh, the other entry in our speed metal thing is our Hellbreather. Uh, we'll talk about Hellbreather because their release so far is on Ontario, um, is with uh, our band, another band from Ontario, which we'll talk about in depth later. Um, just a fairly new band again, they've put out a split with World Eaters, yeah, really good quality speed metal and stuff. So, again, that's our that's our little speed metal. Stuff. It's good to see speed metal is having somewhat of a resurgence and it's coming back 
I mean, it, it never it never went away, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 Thrash's uh, little brother, yeah. um, and and like yeah, it was. It, I I I never thought Speed was that huge. Yeah, it's um, but it's so fun live. It's one of the most fun stuff to see live. Hey, my favorite uh, band is is Megadeth. So yeah, good old Dave. Um. <laughs> good old Dave is a good way to put it. Hey, yeah. you don't have you don't have to like the artist to like the art. Yeah, exactly. And and I uh, will say this about Dave Mustaine just real, real quick. Uh, uh, whatever you, whatever you might think about Dave Mustaine, and I think we all think a lot of things. Um, to get kicked out of the biggest metal band ever and start the second biggest metal band ever by yourself out of spite yeah. is pretty impressive. Yeah. No, like he's he's yeah. You can't knock Megadeth. And again. All those guys, your Andy Chambers and Rick Priestley's of the world, they were rocking Megadeth t-shirts. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you you know that Rick Priestley has air guitar to Holy Wars at some stage in his life. Just look <laughs> well, at the pictures of him. Who hasn't? But anyways. I know. <laughs> um, so that brings us into our nice little nicely. So you go from speed metal to thrash metal. Now, uh, first off, the night is uh, from Spain. So there's gonna we're gonna jump around the world a bit. That's one thing that's good to see. Um, we've got countries, from, we've got bands from all over the world. Uh, so out of Spain, I highly recommend, particularly if you're into the D and D world as well. Um, check out Bloody Crom um, High Quest is the album. There's a, a song on there called I Stormbringer that is just a thrashy punk banger. Artwork is very reminiscent of sort of Hero Quest, uh, D and D sort of late seventies, eighties stuff. But the the thrashy, they they fucking thrash, and it's always good. Um, also mentioning uh, Blood Knight, they were a very short existing. They sort of one and done band from New Zealand. They put out a demo uh, in about two thousand and ten uh, called Laws of the Abyss. But yeah, very very influenced by Warhammer forty k. Um, that's sadly, yeah, just a one and done. There'll be a few bands we mentioned tonight that are, are no longer with us, but um, yeah, it's a shame because yeah, that, that band was excellent. Now, um, now, but to finish off the thrash, one of my favorites, and I didn't put it up on camera before, but the inspiration for the paint scheme on my Empress Children albums, um, Soul Grinder, out of again, out of Portland. What do we say about Soul Grinder, JP? Just, uh, just excellent. Um, it's it, it's got a great '80s feel to it. Um, it's excellent, like thrash metal. Uh, lovely guys as well. Like I spoke, I've spoken to Kevin and Alex. Uh, yeah. So basically, yeah, Kevin was saying that he he got into Warhammer through Dawn of War back when he was thirteen. Same thing. Same thing. Combination of spaceships, chainsaws, demons, orcs, and machine guns uh, was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. This is a quote from Kevin. Uh, I was immediately drawn to chaos, so I guess that's where my fall to the primal and primordial annihilator began. Again, same story as all of us. Impressionable teens. Um, <laughs> again, it's that at the same time he started getting into thrash metal. Took a long break, again, like most of us did, and then it was the Horace Heresy series that got him back in, and he appreciates the the sort of tongue-in-cheek feel that that's Warhammer had, particularly like, like when, man, you got into Warhammer JP. It was very tongue in cheek. the The one dark side of Kevin, I think, is that he is a word bearers player. Oh, um, that's a bit of a sad, sad note on his 
thing we're all um, immediately suspicious yeah it's um it's a bit sad but he, yeah he's definitely really cool guys uh him and alex play they've played 40k they've gone a lot into age of sigma recently they are probably going to get back into heresy um they like listening to bolt throw beta immolation etc while they're painting and kevin leaves us with the cloak ultimately the only truth is chaos we're embracing <laughs> the changer of the ways of the ruinous powers we can seek new possibilities fuck yes it goes on for that um yeah and we've got alex again really cool guys that's the other thing with the metal scene like i was sort of a bit intimidated to start looking up these bands because you get it's basically you think oh shit they're big metal bands because you haven't seen them but really it's just a couple of guys that like playing warhammer and metal things so yeah, so highly, highly recommend Soul Grounder. Yeah, uh, their been... latest, their latest single, Melting Spree, is an absolute banger. So it's, it's almost Warhammer meets, um, a municipal waste song, but it's just, yeah, again from Portland. So yeah, awesome, so uh, is, is is that what we, sh- we we should put on right now? I think we should really play some Melting Spree. Fuck yes! Oh. All right, everybody, get in the fucking pit. We're listening to some Melting Spree.
right, that's a fucking banger. Just a huge thank you to the guys from Soul Grinder for for uh, answering um well answering our questions and 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 for just being awesome. And and, and yeah, we're grateful just generally yeah. for for everybody um, that uh, yeah, responded to us. They've just got off a tour with Solicitor. So they were the guys who put me onto Solicitor. Oh, cool. Um yeah, so, fucking awesome too. Yeah. So highly recommend Solar. Um, let's have a look at Doom. Going into Doom? Should we go, should we go to Doom? Uh, there's a few Doomy death battles. Um, where do we start with Doom? For people out there that don't know Doom, we should probably tell them that, hey. Um, it's like, imagine Black Sabbath and someone listening to Black Sabbath is like, whoa, 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 bud. This is too fast for me. I think if you're... If you're Low down, marks, Tony Iommi. This is too fast. Yeah, yeah it's it's slow. If, you, if you've ever been to a gig and there's a band up the front that looks like truckers, but they're playing music <laughs> that sounds like it's going to make your bowels evacuate because there's just so much vibration and stuff, and the air smells a bit funny, um, that's a Doom gig. But, yeah, again, really, Doom really matches in well with a 40K and Horus Heresy aesthetic. I mean, if there's a music that, say, um, the Death Guard listened to, or yep. Perturabo listens to when he's in his little man cave of angriness. It's probably doom. It's slow. It's sludgy. And just re- it's relentless. Um, so, yeah, I reckon people would probably like Tomb Kings. Uh, where are Tomb Kings? Tomb Kings are from Massachusetts. A lot of doom comes from Massachusetts. Uh, really good album called The Butcher's Nails. So if there was any, any wondering whether or not they were into Horace Heresy, I mean, there <laughs> it is right there. Um the song of theirs that I'd most recommend would probably Vengeful Spirit. A really good one there. Yeah, Tomb Kings are really good. Uh, we've also got Funeral Doom. So f- the difference between Funeral Doom and Doom is Funeral Doom slightly more depressing. Um, but still good. Uh, Imperium out of California uh, put out an album called God Emperor, and on that is a song called Night Horner. As in, so really quality uh, funeral doom. Uh, and also in the funeral doom, it's all the way over from Pakistan. There's a band called Corn. Um, I could not find very much info about this band apart from the fact that they're from Pakistan and they write killer doom songs. Yep. Um, it, it felt a little bit death and rolly, if you will. Yeah. It reminded me, um, a couple of these bands kind of reminded me of, of, of kind of the better Six Feet, uh, six feet Under. Yeah. Not the bad six feet under, which there's a lot of. Yeah. But but when when it's good, like a really good like rock beat kind of thing. Yeah. There are, but yeah, so just think out there somewhere, no matter where you are in the world, there'll be some guy that's playing Warhammer and listening to metal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so check out, you know, check out corn from Pakistan. Um, rooting into more uh what would we call it, more uh, we should, we've got a couple of doom doom things we need to play. So Let's chat about Temple of Void. It's uh, um, it's it's a slower. I think yeah, you've got to be in the mindset for that slower sort of. But again, it's it's the sound of titans walking across fucking battlefields and there is something just powerful about slowly walking on. There's something just powerful about Doom. Just how like it it just kind of going to a Doom show. Just the reverb just kind of blasting through your soul. I like I like what you put it there titans crashing through uh, uh the the cr- crashing through a a a, a city um no temple of, no yeah, temple of void is 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 excellent they're, they're 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 probably the they're the i mean as as a genre itself besides being into 
heresy and stuff. Um, they're probably they'd be close to top of the tree at the moment. Yeah. Um, again, the guys got into 40k the same time they got into Warhammer back when they were teens. Um, I think one of the guys was originally from Scotland. I did chat to them. Uh, but yeah, they're into you know Sepultura, Paradise Lost, Decide, Obituary, and stuff early on. And yeah, got into the lore and aesthetic of Warhammer at the same time. The guy that I spoke to paints is a Black Legion guy, which is good. I mean, it's 40K, so hopefully a lot of these guys will hear this and take up Horus Heresy and we can have, I think I think our ultimate aim, JP, is have like Bulk Unfest or something. Which I don't our- see why we couldn't just rent an extra room in at Adepticon and have a fucking metal festival. Oh yeah, on one of the days at Adepticon. Yeah. Why? Why couldn't yeah. that happen? Someone make that happen. Yeah. Um, well, we know I'd be there. You'd be there. Yeah. Tim. Tim from Ibaris would be there. That's that's three of us. That's a crowd. That's a that's a that's a growing call. Oh, Chris Pretty from uh, Forgotten Legion. Oh yeah, Chris, huge metalhead. Uh, oh no, there be there be a lot of us. And if you're listening yeah. to this, you'd be there too. Yeah, and and like, honestly, Anuj is going to be there as well because he's going to be in a full metalhead soon. Exactly. We'll get to Anuj later. Yeah. So Templar Void, I think. Yeah. Probably yeah, top of the tree at the moment. Um, we're going to listen to a Temple of Droid, um, Temple of Void song. Uh, I think "Leave the Light Behind" is probably uh, a good one because it's yeah. the other thing with Doom songs is they can be eight or nine minutes long. Let's do that one. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a fucking banger. Excellent. As banger as, as banger as Doom gets. It's like as a banger as Doom gets. It, it'll it'll hit you in the face like a Titan power fist. Yeah, but but um yeah, for, obviously podcast being of not a visual medium. They won't know that I've got a Templar Void patch on the battle jacket I am oh, wearing fuck now. Yeah. Modeled also with my Age of Darkness Betrayer t-shirt. I'm looking kind of classy. Yeah, so Templar Void. Put it in your ears.
we've got another band to talk about. War in that sludgy stone of doom realm. A band from Melbourne, a fairly new one. So these are slightly more, pro- I don't know, you'd almost call them more progressive, but a more, it's, yeah, it's, there's a band, it's basically, they're called Ivory Primark um, from Melbourne. Uh, a fairly new band. They're, they're not playing live yet. So there's only one or two guys in the band. Um, they're, they're trying to get another member, but they have got new music coming up. Um, but what they've put out at the moment, they've got an album out called As All Life Burns. Um, and if you only want to buy one Warhammer physical release, a Warhammer metal physical release this year, um, I highly recommend that because the artwork on the CD is insanely good. Uh, it's a picture of a salamander on the front. Um, the, yeah, it's the closest to Blanche and stuff we've had since Blanche was doing album covers. It is just sensational. And the guy is a really nice dude. Um, so you'll see him. Yeah, a uh, staple in the Melbourne metal scene. You'll, like, I've get videos from all the Melbourne gigs from him. Um, really good, uh, ent- basically a really good new band. So I think these this will be one of the bands we see a lot more of once they get once they get another member and start playing live. Expect them to see around them in the underground at the moment. Oh, sorry, around more in the underground um, as Sludgy Stone Duna deserves. Yeah, um, fantastic band. Really good. Yeah, stuff. really good. This um, is one of the really? first ones that we discovered too after uh, Dominus Knox when we when we went out into the world of Bandcamp and tried yeah. to find more Warhammer themed uh, bands. Uh, this one jumped out really yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, and I had no idea that they were a Melbourne Melbourne outfit. So, um, which is yeah, not far. Or I mean, it's about an eight hour drive, but still part of Australia. Um, but yeah, Ivory or Primark. I think we should probably listen to As All Life Burns. Um, JP. Yeah. It's um yeah this is a band that deserves your attention. They're, Excellent. The guy's really nice, really into the local scene. Um, and yeah, put puts out really cool stuff. So yeah, as all life burns by Ivory Primark.
All right, so that was As All Life Burns by Ivory Primark. Fantastic song, fantastic band. Um, so is that it for uh, for Doom? That's it for Doom. I mean, like that's broad the other Doom, thing. like Sludge. Broad Doom. Um, I mean, everything sort of, everything. Metal's hard because you can spend hours arguing about what genre a band is. Like well, it's it's, a, it's sort of a, a a type of music that attracts nerds, and nerds yeah. are are cannot help but split things into categories. Yeah, I mean it's it's all metal is metal, so it's all good. What what genre should we talk about next, JP? Do we go to the big one? Uh, do you want to do death now? I think we should do death because that's going to be, I think, the big topic of conversation. Perhaps first before we go into death metal. Why do you think, because when we were uh, breaking this down um, before recording, I think we realized something that we had both, well, kind of assumed, like rightly, um, that most of the bands were going to be death metal. Um, there, you know, there's some speed, thrash, uh, doom, sludge. Uh, there's there's stoner. There's uh, some grind, hardcore. Um, yeah, some- all, all of the genres are represented, but death metal is massively overrepresented what do you think that is oh well i think it's the one that most fits to be honest um you got you got a few factors to consider um as far as underground metal goes death is probably ever since the probably 90s death has been the the big the big category i mean thrash is thrash isn't always underground metal same as speed metal but as far as like the connoisseur's choice of um, underground metal genres, death is always the big daddy. And again, death metal blends itself probably the best with the the aesthetic and the feel of the Warhammer. Both, I mean, I'd say fantasy as well. Like the, the Warhammer fantasy realm is not like Lord of the Rings or D&D where it's dudes with lutes playing folk metal. Um <laughs> The Warhammer fantasy world is guys getting run over and squelched by chariots full of beastmen, like some yeah, scene it, out of Cross of Iron. And yeah, if you want, if you want over the top, like completely over the top, almost cartoon violence. I mean, yeah. that's that's where you go, right? It's like you listen to Cannibal Corpse. I mean, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, you can't. I, I know, like a lot of their albums are like banned in Germany, for example, for being too violent, but. Yeah, it's like you can't take that stuff seriously. Like, yeah, it who, is who, who listens to, to uh, Hammer Smash Face and it's just like, oh, this is so serious. It's over yeah, the it's... top and insane. Um, the other thing, I mean, death, death is probably uh, and also a big genre in itself. You've got everything from Cannibal Corpse, so it's just this relentless, um, growling grind to the more expansive, borderline proggy stuff. It all sort of comes under the death umbrella, and, and death is. That's the big genre. So um. I think you're right. And also, like, um, if you look at the timeline, it, it fits as well for the growth of death metal, which is pretty much yeah. appearing at the same time as 40K is appearing uh, uh, in like the late 80s, early 90s. It's certain, and also, like, the both were connection is undeniable. Uh, what we mentioned earlier that Realm of Chaos, that quintessential album, is a death metal album. It's not yeah. a grindcore album anymore, even though it does have, you could argue that it might be death grindy. But yeah. it's definitely a. I think a, a it, I think that that album shaped death metal going forward. That yep. that's that's it's not just a Warhammer defining album. That's a genre defining album. So yeah, 
most bands, the blueprint was set on that day in 1989 when that album came out. I think it's yeah the perfect the perfect genre for a for a grim dark future. Yeah, I think so. Way. Right now, where do we start with death metal? Because there's a lot. So, oh, I'm just going to start at this top. Rightio. You've played Bane Blade from Germany. You've played Bane Blade on the show, have you not, JP? Yes, I have. Yeah, Bane Blade. Uh, that this is one of, of those that you sent me, <laughs> which is just. Uh, I, I believe the message. I remember was, the message. Yeah, uh, I trans- was worshiping anti-fascist death metal. Yes. What um, more could you possibly want? This, this was the first band I thought. Oh shit, maybe they're Nazis. Um, the other thing to mention on this in this list of fifty. Lots of let's just say lots of bands. Um, I have done the little check, and we've got no national socialist or Nazi bands in here. Yep. So that's uh, the first thing is, when you, especially when you listen to a black metal band, you have to like, oh, oh, yeah. oh man, I hope they're not Nazis. I hope they're not Nazis. I hope they're not Nazis. And like nine times out of ten, it's like, ah, fuck, they're Nazis. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, um, with yeah, we this, didn't find like, one, I, eh? I found I found two that I've gone. Yeah, we'll just not talk about them. Bane Blade, yeah. And Bane Blade certainly their imagery. Um, again, that's that's like like Nazis are dumb. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, they'll see the old trench knife with the the little knuckle duster with all the spikes and go, yeah, that's cool. That's how I think. Um, and I think Bane Blade had that in their imagery. It's but bands like Bane Blade, I, I, bands like bands like Bane Blade realize that that's bad, and then they like singing about bad stuff. Um, they don't go, yeah, oh shit. That stuff's actually good when we want to do that. You'll notice most actual Nazis, they'll listen to like Celine Dion and shit and wear pink polo tops and beige shorts. So um we've kind of gone off track a bit talking about how there's how we like well, I, I think it's relevant because Bane Blade is an explicitly anti-fascist uh band. I I, I also wanted to say that like I, I I didn't really put Bane Blade as 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 death metal. It Ooh. really sounds like stripped down war metal. And like, isn't war metal more of this? Is so dumb. Isn't war metal like closer to the black metal? See, that's where the problem with genres comes in. That's so dumb. Because if you just sounds like bestial warlust or like angel corpse, right? Yeah. Which is fucking Um, awesome. I I I love war metal. Unfortunately, it's got an an SBM problem. Yeah, the same thing. But Bane Blade is not one of Bane Blade's fucking sick. If you Bane want Blade. some stripped down music, and what I mean by stripped down for those that uh, that don't don't really know the the lingo that one, stripped down is just like this. This doesn't have any fancy uh, um, um, uh, editing or fancy. This isn't in a studio. This sounds like it sounds like this was recorded at a, like at, at a grimy. It sounds like it was recorded at an abandoned in an abandoned butcher's cool yeah, room. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely one of the like best I love it. Like there. no pretension. Like I don't have time for your fucking fancy recording studio. I'm too busy causing violence to your ears. Which is the perfect music for someone that worships the Iron Warriors. Or, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it is. This is Perturbo music. Yeah. This is yeah. If you don't perform, I'm going to shoot one in every ten of you. Um, just I don't care. Just push forward and just let them waste their bullets on you. This is. Yeah, this is one of the best bands um, on this list, I think, for me. Um, Baneblade from Germany, which it could be war metal, could be power. Yeah, it it's doesn't good matter. Metal. It really doesn't it's matter. Good metal, and we're gonna keep doing this for the rest of the episode. Is like are <laughs> arguing about like which about categories. The categories don't matter. Yeah, you like, like the it, band- you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's all that matters. 
Yeah, yeah, bands don't come with a nice little stat line and some special rules to go, yeah, initiative five, special rule death metal <laughs> and stuff. Unfortunately, maybe someone will do it. When we turn to news, it gives you hatred and fearless. Uh, so next band we're going to talk about are from down in good old Texas. Uh, Warmaster, uh, Blood Dawn is the album I'll be after. Yeah, really, really good uh, death metal band. But I think you know these guys more than I do, JP. So maybe you want to lead this one. Yeah, it's an amazing fucking band from Texas. I saw them uh, live uh, a few years ago. They played at Ear Slaughter Fest in Montreal. I was absolutely blown away. I managed to get the uh, the last tape that they had for Blood Dawn. And um, over the last several years, uh, War Masters Blood Dawn has become kind of a, a kind of a holy, a holy relic in uh, my, in, in my uh, metal friend group. Whereas we keep trading it to each other for 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 different things, uh, uh, settling debts, or eventually I had to trade so much stuff to get it back after it had gone through a couple hands. So I've got it back after it's 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 been through the whole friend group, and no doubt I will trade it again. At the end of the day, it's. It's become something of a of a tradition of trading the Warmaster tape, and all I can say is trade on. Uh, it's become a totem. It's been a it's been a totem. It's 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 a way to bring the group together. Uh, the fact that the stupid Warmaster <laughs> keeps getting traded, even though it cost me five dollars at the time, after I had traded it for like probably ten dollars worth of shit, and then um and then it got traded, and it keeps getting more valuable. And to get it back, I had to trade for really rare capitalist casualties, uh, tape mm. and um a mezzanine. Uh, which is a band from Quebec City, but like a like an incredibly rare demo that I think there was only five ever made that I got from Ooh. the singer himself uh, that I had to trade for to get the stupid Warmaster tape back that had originally cost five dollars, but it keeps going around in, in accruing value. Um, so yes, uh, Warmaster is a special band for me. Uh, it's a and it's also one of the better like shows I've seen in years. I was blown away, which is why I ran to, to the merch table to get that tape. Absolutely amazing band. I very much encourage you to give them a listen uh blood dawn is 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 the album but they have a, a few yeah. other ones as well fucking fantastic band and again not everything that comes out of texas is country music there's always a death metal band oh there's a lot band. of good metal in texas yeah yeah it's a populous state there's a lot going on and we can't talk about uh 40k or horace or this is specifically horace heresy death metal without talking about probably the band that started off this whole podcast episode that didn't well the whole the whole reason that we're we're doing this right now yeah we're sitting here that sent us on this hunt for warhammer metal i i do remember you sending me a link to this band because um we'd been sending bands back and forth a lot before that and then yeah you sent me this one and i just said you should interview these guys jp and you did and that band is out of portland unsurprisingly uh dominus knox just an amazingly good band. Yeah, um, what, what more can you say? Yeah, one of my prized possessions is my Noise Marine Dominus Knox shirt, which the purple one I paid thirty dollars for. And the guy said that was right in the middle of, of the start of COVID. And the guy sent me a message and said this will be postage is about seventy dollars. And I'm like, I don't care. I've got to have that shirt, mate. <laughs> um, really, really cool film clip to Gal Vorback. You should all go and check I love that. Yeah, the video they did was so great. It, it, it is like one of those, uh, you know, like, um, uh, I guess, a, like a, a lyric uh, video. They make fun of us. Oh, we got to do lyric videos. That's what that's what works right now. It's so good. It's so great. Gal Vorback, by the way, fantastic song. Um, yeah, we I interviewed uh, Brother Steve from Dominus Knox back in October. 
uh, which started uh, Ben and I's discussion on on possibly doing a, a special like this. Uh, Dominus Knox, just such a fucking good band. They have two albums, I believe, Legions 1 and Legion 2. Yeah, two albums and a couple of EPs. Yeah, so uh, the goal was to have a song for every Legion. I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping that we will get every Legion made with Legions 3. Yeah. Um, but like, what the fuck is there more to say? Dominus Knox absolutely slays, fucking destroys all the opposition. Yeah, um, I got a message from the guys that when I asked them some question, they basically said, the fluff of 40K is the anchor of our lyrical content. We always start with the music first. And what I hear from the wrist, riffs or structure or melodic, or melodic quirks, wherever it is, I'll go with fluff elements that that sounds called to. That sound calls to. For, for anyone that's not been in a band, so that's basically you throw down a few licks or riffs and just see what what else springs to mind. So he's doing that with – they, they're doing that with 40K fluff and that's going to inform. So what they see when they have their riffs and stuff, their early – early backbones of a song or early idea of a song it'll be whatever part of the fluff calls to that so that's probably why their songs are so appropriate for the legions they sing about for um, and just wonderful blackened death metal really uh, great so guys. well done um, uh, uh, so if you want to learn more so, um uh, please check out episode 121 of the age of yeah. darkness podcast where i interview uh brother steve from dominus knox yeah um, we, we go through all this stuff and also ask him what his favorite both of our album is because that's a question yeah, I ask everybody. That's what you do. Um, what you do. Uh, and just a note on those guys the last correspondence I had them with them was they were working on new stuff and it was really awesome. Uh, but then recently they've just put up something on Facebook saying they're having an indefinite hiatus. No, um, that happens no! a lot to bands these days. Uh, with the music industry the way it is, none of the bands on this list will be that it won't be their primary source of income, they just can't live like that. Um, there's just not the money in it. Um, so there could be there could be work commitments, it could be family commitments, it could be anything that's I don't know why they've gone on hiatus. But yeah, that they did have new stuff they were working on. Um but if all our listeners out there go and buy stuff off Bandcamp and hit them up and just show them that the people out there love what they're doing, we might get some more Dominus Knox. And to be honest, the world needs more Dominus Knox, in my opinion. Um so yeah, I think We'll, we'll play a Dominus Knox song. I think we how have about, to. Like, how could we um, not? The hard bit would be which one, mate. What did you play last time? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so JP is about to play a Dominus Knox song, and you'll enjoy it. I'm not going to check. Like, let's pick one. You want to do Gal, Gal Horback? It's so good. It's such a great song. Yeah, it is. And let's it's just got do an awesome You can't go wrong. And also check out the Galvorback video on YouTube. Just type it up, Galvorback, uh, Dominus Knox. Uh, but it's 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 just a banger. They're all bangers, but like let's. I got I got to play one, so we got to make a decision. Yeah, Galvorback.
going down the list. Uh, from Brazil, we got to have a band from Brazil because um, it's just the rules of metal. Uh, Berserk uh, put out an album called Dark Empire. Again, really good death metal from Brazil. Probably the, the song I check out is Vomiting Sulfur. Moving along from Brazil to Poland, uh, personal favourite of yours and mine, JP, the mighty Chainsword. I've got the cassette of this. Did you get the cassette? Yeah, I got the cassette. Yeah, yeah. We had to jump on those, right? Because when we discovered uh, this band, they had like five left. Yeah. So I think we both was... got. I think we got the last two. Yeah. So we both got this. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, they're touring at the moment. I think they're just they're playing songs around Europe. I don't know how many European listeners you have, JP. Um, but yeah, they're, they're still they're very much an active touring band. Um, the the last album was. They put out an EP called uh, about themed on Verdun, obviously the World War One battle. Uh, but for the listeners out there, I think yeah, get something off Blight March, which is an awesome album. The artwork is insanely good. Uh, Horace the Chosen Son is probably my pick of songs. Yeah, I, I, I played that on the show a few uh, a few episodes ago. It's you was going to say insane. a few weeks ago, and we all know how often. You yes, I know. <laughs> We do our best. I've, I literally went through this week and, and messaged all the bands that I'd spoken to saying, yep, it's finally coming out. JP is an academic and he's been on a holiday. So it's coming out now. Mm. And they're all more, they're all happy. Moving on. Maryland. There'll be a couple of Maryland bands in the death section, unsurprisingly. It's like the Maryland's the the, the home of death metal, I think, the spiritual home of it. Well, uh, where, uh, this is where uh, Maryland Death Fest was uh, Yeah, was coming in, back in, in 2024. Baltimore. Is it coming back? Yeah, man, it's officially coming back. Oh, thank God! I was so bummed out when they stopped doing uh, when they they, they they decided they were wrapping up Maryland Death Fest. I haven't yep. been for a few years, but have you ever been to Maryland Death Fest? No, I haven't. Um, well, that's where we're meeting up in twenty twenty four. Unless they do a Depticon Death Fest. Oh, yeah, we gotta yeah. we gotta get that hat. We gotta so what do we call it? Bolter Fest. Yeah, Bolter Fest. Bolter. Oh my God, we gotta do Bolter Fest. Oh, yeah. Acon Bolter Fest. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah. What about Path to War from Yeah Path to War from Maryland? Uh, and that, again, there's going to be a lot of this, but it's just another really quality death metal, death metal band. Chaos Eternal is the album to pick. Uh, again, the, the album title song, Chaos Eternal, really good song for playing games too, if you listen to death metal while playing games or painting too. And next band off the rank, uh, this is a really new band, uh, Primark from Germany. There'll be a couple of bands called Primark, but this is the death metal one. Um, they've only got a demo out so far. It's only got three songs on it, but Golden Throne of Terror is a really, that's is a really promising band. Yeah, keep your eyes on these guys. Yeah, it's just a demo on Bandcamp, so chuck them a few bucks or listen to it for free. Yeah, really good. Right, yeah. Uh, next band off the list. So Death Metal is a big one, so we're going to do two chunks of Death Metal. Writhing Shadows. Now you've played Writhing Shadows yep. already once on yeah, the Yeah, they're fantastic. You don't, uh, yeah. Basically, artwork has got a big Chaos Warrior on the front. Brilliant, brilliant band out of Alabama, of all places. Um, so you'd normally associate Alabama with country music, but the other thing with death metal is, yeah, I was it Henry Rollins, I think, or someone said you're never more than 200 kilometers from a death metal band, no matter where you are on earth. It is the most find- probably the most international music. Like yeah. metal is one of the most international music that the uh, musical musical genres in, in existence. And yeah, yeah, and death metal is everywhere. So you places that will be like death metal. Will, it'll be death metal bands that you'll see in Iran getting arrested. Yep. Um, or playing underground gigs in China. 
Uh, and Gold Grind as well. So any of the really extreme bands, sort of, they're, they're everywhere. And these guys are from Alabama, and they're fucking brilliant. Um, I can't remember the label they're on, but the label they're on's got a heap of heap of really cool bands. Oh, I spoke to these guys. Um, they got into metal first. Uh, Warhammer didn't really come along to a lot later in life for these guys. Again, thinks thinks the lore and artwork of Warhammer is perfect for home for metal. I mean, as everyone knows. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, Chaos Legion guys, um, they love the Chaos Cultists. Big fan of Nurgle and Slanesh. Um, it's actually quite a it's a point to touch on. As the four Chaos Gods go, we'll leave out Malau, um, the, the fifth one. Um, it's a pretty pretty even spread of, of what bands and what people like on their, their Chaos Gods. So it's not any one way, um, even across genres. Again, these guys, uh, they listen to a lot of old school metal like Man of War and Surth Ungul, Judas Priest, etc. Um, when they're painting. Just just straight up good guys, great metalheads. If you're in Alabama and you see them play a gig somewhere, go along. Um, tell them Ben from Australia and JP from Age of Darkness said hi. <laughs> um, and it just the last thing they I said love how just, I don't I don't actually live <laughs> in an actual physical place. I just live on the internet. I think everyone knows you're Canadian, JP. <laughs> and and they they know you're French Canadian. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I know. It's like the only person that's more identified with a actual place is probably Miles, who's like the Welsh Bob Ross. He's the Welshest person ever. <laughs> he is. Um, it's like it's like they grew a Welsh rugby player in a vat. Yeah. Oh, and congratulations to Miles on having another kid. Um, yeah, so back in, yeah, Writhing Shadows. Um, everything the yeah, really great band. Um the self-titled album is the one to get. It's big cast warrior in the front. Uh, and Born of Dying Stars would be the song of choice for me, I think.
Rightio. So that was, yeah, again, Writhing Shadows. Love Writhing Shadows. One of the best ones out there. Absolutely again, amazing. I think it's going to sound like I love every band on here. But Truth that's because you probably, probably do. do. <laughs> um, like, I really love metal. It's, and and let's, it's, let's, that, let, let, let's be honest. Was if it was a really, a really shitty band, it wouldn't be on this special. Like, no. we're, we're, we're positive here. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some not great bands on here, but overall, if you if you were to just randomly pick bands off Bandcamp, you would get mostly shit bands. But I don't know if it's just. I think it's probably just people that play Warhammer are cooler. But there's real quality across every genre on here. So, um, so they're great bands regardless of the fact that they play with little plastic soldiers and sing songs about them. Next on the list, still in death metal, and back to good old Maryland, uh, Putresect with Chaos Awaits. Um, Merciless Slaughter is probably the song. Again, more and more, just classic top-notch death metal. And we're going to just nip over to, we've got Warhammer from Indonesia. So, again, we're all over the world. Uh, not super Warhammer influenced in their lyrics and stuff. A lot of real-world things in it as well. But they're yeah, definitely, definitely loving of the Crim Dark. Uh, not much I could find about this band. Obviously, been in Indonesia. I don't speak Indonesian, but their their album visual antagonism is really, really good. Uh, song I pick off there would be Living Chaos because you know chaos is good and you should live it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we're on to our a band called World Eater, uh, not to be confused with the other World Eater, which we'll talk about later. Out of well, New that's Jersey. World Eaters. There's World yeah. Eater from New Jersey and there's World Eaters from Guelph. Yeah, but we're here with them. Um, yeah, World Eater from New Jersey. Uh, um, yeah, a lot of good death metals come out of New Jersey over the years. And this is a moment. Uh, Blight Upon All would be the album. Um, and the, the song off that, which has got an awesome name, Rend the Earth Asunder, is definitely worth checking out. To finish off the death section, and we haven't, t- why did we put World Eaters on this? That was in. Massive death. So we've got two bands. Actually, we'll talk about World Eaters now and play a World Eaters song, I think. So World Eaters is a guy out of Guelph, Ontario. So I know JP was happy about that. Canadian yeah, um, Guel- Guelph is wonderful. It's just a little bit, uh, about an hour from, from Toronto. And so it's a lovely, uh, lovely, lo- lovely space and has a lot of excellent fucking metal coming out of Guelph. A lot of excellent metal and, and grindcore. Yeah, like I said, he's, uh, the guy's worked with... He's done something with Baneblade. Um, he's also put that split out with Hellbreather here. But the one we want to talk about today is the album Crushing Advance. Fucking sick. Uh, fucking. And sick. it is a hugely good fucking. Yeah, this is, again, an amazing album. Like This would be an amazing top-notch death metal album in any field. Uh, but the fact it's for a little grim, dark world, it just makes it better. A really, really politically active dude or socially conscious dude. Uh, possibly my favourite bit of merch any of these bands put out, apart from the, the cassettes. Uh, a few weeks ago, he put out the Be Gay to Heresy <laughs> booty short. Um, booty short merches. Luckily for the world, neither myself or JP bought those. But, yeah, really good guy. Um, knows, knows a few of the bands, but... Um, Crushing Advance, Armored Spearhead, which I think, are we going to listen to that or are we, yeah, we might, I don't know, someone, should, you should go and listen to it anyway. 
But Armored Spearhead, the opening track yeah, from that Armored album Spearhead. is just absolutely... It's like getting run over by a fucking Bane Blade. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a really, really great great album from Guelph. So again, keep your eyes on Guelph. Like You notice when one or two bands start popping up in an area, they'll foster more bands around them that'll want to play. So you could be, you know, maybe Boulderfest 2025 could be in Guelph, JP. <laughs> Yeah, so I think yeah, I think we should definitely listen to Crushing Advance. Hell um, yeah! And I think I know I know this guy likes putting little spoken word bits in his album. I reckon there's a chance for uh, Mr. Gene Philip to collaborate with this guy on his next album because when I heard it, I thought this would sound really awesome with JP doing the spoken word. <laughs> but we'll just we'll just put it out there. You're Maybe much too kind. Let's let's listen. No, nah, dude, credit where credit's due. The the best the best little monologue. Of, what do you call them? Intros in 40k podcasting. Yeah, so crushing advance, armored spearhead by world eaters. Get it in your ears. seen war in all its forms. I've seen feral world savages braining each other with stones, and I've monitored the death of a whole planet at the hands of a virus bomb. I've seen space marines drop to certain death and win. I've seen titans crush whole platoons underfoot. There is no more stirring sight in war than the charge of the armored spearhead. Oh, 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 oh,
that was yeah armored spearhead from brutal yeah we, we did talk a lot about that we did gush over that band but i think it was de- deserved um again absolutely top rate dude top rate music um hopefully we'll hear more and more from them he did he had um he i asked a few of these bands if they've got any news out there and i know he said he's got news but he can't say it yet so keep your eyes peeled for more from him um yeah and big ups to guelph that brings us into black metal again normally with black metal you gotta spend a lot of time checking to see if they're nazis but only one of the bands turned out to be a bit Nazis, but we won't talk about them because um, <laughs> we don't need to. There's, there's there's nearly 60 bands on here, so we don't have to talk about the ones that are Nazis. Uh, Herofant, which is sort of a death band, sort of a death metal band, Black and Death, they sort of fit in there everywhere. Um, Spawned Abortions, they're from Italy. Um, again, a uh, really good band, so Herofant. Uh, JP will put up a list. I think somewhere or someone will put up a list. If oh, it'll be on uh, the, in the show notes. There will be a list of all the bands with all their band camp formations. Yeah. So money their way. If it's something that you enjoy. Yeah, some of them should be a bit hard to spell, especially with my Tasmanian accent. <laughs> um, then we've got uh, some black and thrash, which I'm going to put in. It's more, it's more on the black than the thrash. Maybe uh, a band, another band called Warhammer this time from Greece. So sticking in the Mediterranean for a bit. Threshold of Eternity is the album. Uh, Rebellion of the Week. Definitely more of the, the thrashy, blacky thing. But again, genres are, are hard to do. No, I don't know which which Legion. I think probably, yeah, definitely World Eaters would love this. If you're a World Eater, this would be a good, 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 good album <laughs> to listen to. The um, savagery. Yeah. Uh, Garden of Nurgle from, well, they're from France. Uh, a lot of good black metal comes out of France. Um, I don't know why that is, JP. Uh, I I don't know. Um, honestly, I have I have a lot of really good friends in um in Poitiers, which is like uh, more on the, the 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 west coast of France, and yeah, everybody loves black metal. Um, and black and death. Uh, yeah. I I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's the French the foods that black- good. The foods that good. They've just got to be grumpy about something. So yeah, got to be black metal. Oh, it's just it wasn't cooked properly. Yeah. <laughs> or it, it came a little bit late. Garden uh, Rugal was sick. Um, it's got and and this is one of those what, what great things about some um uh black metal bands, which can be great or not in, in di- different contexts, but like Garden Rugal has like those 12 minute like black metal like epic yeah. songs, which are so great because they're so atmospheric and they, they have like acts and movements within them. But also, if you try to like plug them into a show, it might be a little more difficult. But definitely, oh, yeah. check it out. It's good yeah, stuff. Garden of Noble. Um, the album is just called number. It's just called six, seven, seven, seven. Yeah, Come I, on! Oh shit! That's why. It's I've only just realized. Seven. I just thought it was their seventh, re- their seventh release. I've just no, it's Slanesh's number. Slanesh is six, seven. right? Slanesh uh, uh, is six. Nurgle is yeah, seven. Yeah, Nurgle's through. Yeah, and Corn uh, is eight, and Zinj is nine, which means that like Slanesh always had the worst like cult special rules, because yeah. uh, back in the old editions you had to have like six noise marines to have their their cult special rule, and yeah. that's just a shitty squad. Yeah, but Empress Children are going to be awesome now. Then your hotness, um, but yeah, Garden of Nurgle going back to Death Guard. Um, the song I pick is number two, but again, they're huge, expansive black metal album songs, so. It's uh, like three songs in one. It's like a combo deal. Yeah. Black metal is probably the nerdiest of, of musical genres, <laughs> I think. 
<laughs> so they're the guy. They're the guys that started making up their period correct armor and running around in the forest and stuff. And that's probably why they're so ripe for comedy. Because oh yeah, it's like when they, Im- immortal albums are literally when you listen to immortal, you're literally listening to someone's D and D camp. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Like they say, the Inuits have forty words for snow, but immortal have fifty. <laughs> uh, back on the orc train for a bit. Uh, Gazcorp. Uh, signs of hate. I don't know. I couldn't work out where these guys are from. Well, this guy. It's another one-man black metal project. It's another thing common to black metal. A lot of one-man projects. They're from Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown, which is the most metal place at all. Um, yeah, Signs of Hate. Just old-school, stripped-back, raw black metal. If you like early mayhem, like early Dark Throne, and you like orcs, this would be right up your alley. Uh, the Realms of Chaos is the song to check out there. Uh, Commissaire. Is another really good black metal band. Um, I'm not going to announce, try and pronounce their um, album title. We probably need Rudolph from Grim Dark Terrain to do that for us. It's Die Eisenfaust. Um, um, yeah, Eisenfaust um, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Someone tell me how that was. I don't know. I can hear out there now. Our buddy Rudolph is out there going, that's stupid people there. Yeah. <laughs> I took some lessons. I took some. Oh, again, shout out to Rudolph. Again, another heresy and epic stalwart has just had a kid five weeks old, five weeks ago. Um, shout out to Buddy Rudolph. Go by his grim dark terrain. Uh, and yeah, the song for Commissaire is If You Shall Not Serve in Combat, You Shall Serve on the Firing Line, <laughs> which is probably the perfect example of a black, of a war focused black metal band's song title. So good. And they're from, I think they're from Sweden and the UK. Bandcamp wasn't quite sure, but yeah, right. Yeah, and we'll finish off our little black metal section with a a black and death band. Um, one that's yeah really close to my heart because they're Sydney locals. Um, the first time I saw them was probably at a gig called the Mo- at the place called the Mosh Pit, a hundred meters from where I'm sitting now. So, and they're playing all over Sydney all the time. They're called Asura. The only only stuff they've got on Bandcamp now at the moment is a demo recording. Um, again, if, if there's a metal, like a big lineup in Sydney, you can expect to see them there playing somewhere. They're just so fun live. Yeah. They're really normal dudes, but obviously before the set, they put on the big sky spike gauntlets and just absolutely rip. Um, bass player is amazing. Really talented bass player. Uh, the singer that I spoke to, uh, Vox Mortis, uh, I think he's, he's a chef and, but no, a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, if you're in, if you're in Sydney, home of the Gouldini meta and you like metal, you probably would have seen Asura. But, yeah, other parts in Australia or everyone else, just keep your eye out for these guys. They're an absolutely uh, great band. Um, Vox Mortis got into metal from his sister. His sister gave him, I think it was a, it might have been a bolt throw album. I'll just check. I think she got him to yeah, death metal later on. Again, he said his sister got brought in some second-head space orcs. And he was hooked from there. So, as again, same old story. Impressionable kid, sees metal, starts loving it, sees Warhammer, starts loving it. It's the same people, love the same stuff. It's and just, there goes your money for the rest of your life. Yeah. You never have to worry about having too much money again. A <laughs> um, uh, big fan of Necrons. Again, says that you know, one of the, the things of the world, there's no limitations to what you can think about and write about in, in metal and the same goes for 40k. It's just such a sandbox world. Oh wow, that's such a fucking good point. That I had well, we hadn't 
thought about when we were discussing uh, why because yeah it's a, it's a, stand, a sandbox world it's not a, a story it's it's a setting okay i'll actually read the quote out because yeah again this is i love this band and they're really it was a really nice guy um uh, we all know that about the grim, dark 40k universe. Car- Space Marines, Cast Demons, Dark Elder, Hell, even the Imperium of Man has a lot of dark stuff in it. There are no limitations to our and GW writers' imaginations. From that, there are no limitations to humans' capability of cruel and e- evil and cruelty. Um, the Chaos Gods are t- able to twist and manipulate those most loyal to the God Emperor of Man in the same vein. Greed, lust, and pride are able to do the exact same thing to us as humans. Uh, I'd say these stories of corruption would be the most influence, influential aspects towards his writing, his songwriting. Um, so again, yeah, it's just such a big world. Um, yeah, there's so much that you can write, put, put into your armies, or sing about songs. Uh, again, yeah, I think we should. We definitely need to uh, listen to an Asura song. Let's do it. Which again, one? Again, I think of a demo recording, Sigma Octa- Octantis. Uh, and if you're in Sydney, um, go and see him. Great band. Uh, if you're in Australia, go and see him. Yeah, we expect to see more of them. But um, yeah, here's Sigma Octantis from Asura. <laughs>
Righty. Uh, let's move on to the the punk and grindcore section of the evening. How how are you going to explain grindcore to the listeners, JP? Because you sort of know what it sounds like when you hear the name grindcore, but people don't really realize how punky it is. Well, how would you explain the genre? I guess grindcore is um, it's a reaction to how arrogant and hedonistic and just kind of shitty metal got in the 80s you know it's like a reaction to the excesses of metal that like started producing you know girls 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 and 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 songs like that and and it, it comes out of the more of the hardcore punk scene and a lot of the political scene where um they try to like take sort of the speed and energy of punk but with still a lot of you know the heaviness of metal so it's kind of a combination of the two i don't know to which side it's closest i don't mind it being like a one similar to crossover the ridiculous thing is grindcore and crossover two different genres yeah Uh, crossover is the same thing but closer to metal where grindcore is closer to hardcore punk uh, but usually very short songs, like a minute or two. The big joke is that if you show up five minutes late to a grindcore show, you've already missed the first three bands. It's short songs, very fast, um, stripped down, no pretension, usually no solo, no ostentatious solos, like a lot of fast, powerful energy. And at least at, at, in the beginning, it was very, very political. Now, it's not necessarily political anymore. There's subgenres like uh, gore grind. Uh, which are like take Cannibal Corpse lyrics and you know just make it fast with a lot of blast beats. There's there's also some shittier subgenres, for example, porno grind. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk too much about porno grind, but uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, let's take let's bring back all that shittiness of girls, 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 but you know let's put some blast beats into it. It's like the whole yeah. point was to not have that. And there's also mincecore. You know what mincecore is? I'm not familiar with Minscore. That's um, yeah, one of um, yeah. Minscore is a reaction to things like gore grind and uh, porno grind and stuff like that. It's Minscore is like a, it's it, the idea is to bring back a purer version of grind, bring back the politics, bring back the punk, get rid of the metalness, like the shitty metalness. But they're all metalheads. They all have both roar shirts, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> grindcore fans. But the, the it's the shittiness of metal, the arrogance and the the jockiness, right? That's the kind of stuff that's like uh, and, and mincecore, especially uh, bands like Ar- Ar- um, um, Agathocles and in Canada Archagathus, uh, kind of like the the reject kind of like the jock assholeness of some and ar- arrogance and gatekeeping and all that stuff. Like they kind of reject a lot of like that that metalness that they feel got into grindcore. Yeah. Um, but grindcore fundamentally, stylistically, it's fast. Uh, it's it's short. It's high energy. It's it's it, it, it and it ma- it makes you feel good. If you like grindcore like I do, it just makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And if you haven't ever seen a grindcore gig live, you just need to go at least once just to oh, yeah. be missing out. Just um, get in the pit if your back doesn't hurt. My back hurts. I don't get in the pit. Yeah. But um, I think we're going to finish this little section on a grindcore band. So we'll go up and start with punk. Pestigore, Nurgle's Rot um, is the album. They're they're a the straight up punk band. Yeah, this of, is hardcore punk. This um, is hardcore punk. Um, great out stuff. of Denmark. Yeah, really, really good band. Um, again, something a bit different. Um, very much punky. This is a yeah, hard punk. So this is not your Avril Lavigne type stuff. This is 
this is proper <laughs> sort of these guys like did where these guys were into discharge at some stage i'm pretty sure oh yeah yeah um, oh, really this is band. this is definitely like d beat style yeah uh, uh, d, if, d, d beats like a subgenre of all this stuff where it yeah. just sounds like discharge yeah um if my buddy and heresy legend Ryan Cross from out WA is listening to this episode, you need to go and check out Pesticore, mate. Then we've got uh, another band I want to touch on, uh, a new band. Uh, these are the hot young things in the UK at the moment. Uh, Katie, the lead singer of Pupil Slicer, is a huge Warhammer fan and does really, really good Blood Angels. Like her painting's really shit hot. So they're really, they're, they're not super... Super into Warhammer through the lyrics, um, but uh, th- th- you can tell it's in there. Um, again, they're a, they're a power violence band, so all those things JP just said about all those other bands. Imagine that, but slightly more violent again. Um, they're a powerful. So yeah, they've put out an album called Mirrors, um, and they're basically they're the hot new band in the UK. So they're the one everyone's talking about. Yeah, it's and fucking sick. Really, really. really Cool singer. Um, like I said, Katie, Katie does amazing Blood Angels. So you need to check out people. Not only do they have possibly one of the coolest names, but yeah, they're really <laughs> good. So check out their album Mirrors, um, Martyrs on that one's really good. But yeah, like just as a side note, you know, you know what the best name though is still Meth Leopard. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Come on. It is. I don't know. Cannabis Course is pretty good too. Cannabis Course is classic, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh then we'll go back to Texas again for some. Hardcore. Um, you're gonna have trouble finding. I don't think these guys are in active anymore. Yeah, they're called the Initiative. So the early to mid 2000s, I think, to about 2010, they're they're a hardcore band from Texas. Uh, put an album called The Rising Tide. Some very nice uh, Krieg artwork on the front. Uh, Swarm of flies would be my pick of the things, and they're just straight up hardcore. Moving on from them, we'll move to Grimsteed. Uh, Ecclesia is their album. These are a grind death band. They've got their, for some reason, I've got their location as Hereticus. I think that was actually in their band camp that that's where they're from, which I don't think is a real place. That might have well, just been. Did we check Google Maps? I don't think, surely it's not a real place. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it's not a real place. Anyway, Grimsteed, Ecclesia, um, they're a grind death band. The, the song I'd pick is the awesomely titled Broken Oaths Upon a Black Sands of Strife. And you obviously, that's an obviously in this van reference. Yeah, really cool grindcore band. We'll finish off our little punk hardcore and grindcore section with a band from California that are nothing like um, Motley Crue or any other Californian hair metal bands. The Almighty Gene Stealer. And I think you're a fan of Gene Stealer, so maybe you want to tell the folks about this one. The, this one, I, I it, it flew under my radar. You had sent me this like months ago. and. I, I put it aside, and then I listened to it today as we were preparing for this uh, this episode. And Jesus fuck, this is awesome! This is pure fast grindcore. Uh, when I was talking about like grindcore, always had like political bent. This has no po- politics in it. I think maybe the first album title was a bit. Yeah, the first album population equal <laughs> equals food by Gene Steeler. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. But I'm pretty. I don't know what the political context of Fuckface Academy is. Yeah, I don't know if there's nothing there. But so uh, honestly, this is a Gene Stealer is just perfect. Um, I guess it, it reminds me of like Pig Destroyer a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, big time. It, it's 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 just like fast, 
fun grindcore that'll make you happy if that's the kind of thing that you like. Uh, I think we're going to play a song because I can't help myself. Grindcore is like the opposite of black metal. So, it, you know, none of the songs are longer than two minutes. Uh, I say we play Synaptic Cult is a great uh, song. And you know what? I say we treat ourselves. Let's throw in a fuckface academy after that because that's only 47 seconds. Yes, that's yeah, an extra 40 seconds. So listen, this is Synaptic Cult and then Fuckface Academy by Gene Steeler. Definitely check it out. It's just just so much fun. How can you hate Mm. Grindcore? So that was Synaptic Cult and Fuckface Academy. Once again, we're treating ourselves uh, by Gene Steeler. Okay, so what's next? Now we passed, uh, we, we've gone through the uh, hardcore punk and grindcore, which we kind of pushed, uh, we, we kind of put together, and I think it's appropriate to put together. Um, are we moving on to synth? With, uh, I think well, there's a couple of melodic death metal bands I think we should talk about. Let's do it. Uh, I don't know. How do you, I mean, melodic death metal is, it's more it's more your normal. It sounds more like closer to normal metal than death metal. So it doesn't sound like Cannibal Corpse. But this is more your 
your opeths and your inflames and Swedish and stuff. Yeah, it might have keyboards um, in it. It might have keyboards or it might just have song structure, um, which it, which can sometimes be hard to find in some death metal albums. Um, but there's definitely a couple here we need to talk about. Uh, Berserker Legion, they're a, a super group with a bunch of death metal band guys in it. Yeah, um, this was uh, impressive. Yeah, uh, and it should be with a list of guys on it. Um, yeah. Obliterate the Week is the album. And again, awesome album art. Chaos Warriors were designed to go on metal album covers. Being good in game is just a secondary thing. I Am Legion would be the song to get if you want to try those guys out. Um, oh, really, I, love really how, I, I love how in the spreadsheet you made under country, you just wrote super crap. Yeah, because they're just from all of them. The fucking um, Avengers of Warhammer Metal. Again, sort of, you could almost, I mean, World Eaters sometimes sort of, going back to those guys, they sometimes go into the, what some people call melodic death, but just because they've got a bit more song structure. But um, another one would be Nocrul. Again, they've put out a few few albums. They're very, very themed. So they've put out albums called Forces of Chaos, Plague Lord, Eye of Terror. Um, they're from Hungary. Um, again, we've, we've touched on just about all the places, parts of the globe. Uh, 13th Black Crusade would, is the song I'd pick off them. And I think we nearly missed another band, but they are somewhere on there who I've put down as heavy metal, but I've put them in. They're Melodic Death. A band out of Russia called HM Kids. <laughs> I didn't know what to think when I saw the album art and saw the album titles and stuff, but they're they're just I loved it. really good, straight, heavy metal. It's heavy, it's fun. The album titles are Night Lords, Death of the Fold Sembra. Um, they've got some nice 90s uh, video game style cover um, artwork. Um, I can only describe this band is that when I came, when I came, I, I exactly, I, 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 I came across it. Uh, I, I went to listen. It was like, this is going to suck. Isn't it? And I put it on and I just smiled. It made me smile. And what the fuck more can you want from a band? It's just how good is heavy metal? And yeah, obviously Rush is uh, getting some pretty bad press lately, but even in, even in old Putin country, there is bands putting out just pure joy in metal form. Heavy metal is truly the international, the modern international. Yeah. Uh, the international. We are all we are all bonded together. What is it? What's the Man of War song? God, every Man of War song. <laughs> is there one that like it's it's all about like uh, warriors of all nations unite in metal or some shit? I think that yeah, there's at least one song with that lyric. <laughs> if as not, long as then, then you, as long as you're buffed up and you've you oiled your chest with Man of War. <laughs> fucking Man of War. Tier one to, uh, at uh, at Hellfest in France, uh, I think two years ago, uh, Manowar got pissed off um, that the stage oh, yeah, wasn't that. big enough for them or something like that. So they walked up and left. So fucking Sabaton played a second set. Like the Sabaton had played the day before, and they literally just played another set to replace uh, Manowar, even though the singer of Sabaton, his like he had like a throat infection or something, so he couldn't actually sing. But yeah. he, he sat on stage and had dinner while the band played a second set. And it, it's it, it's really cool. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Sabaton second set. But yeah, uh, Man of War decided to be uh, like prima donnas and the fucking divas. Sabaton. The mighty Sabaton just oh, yeah, saved this... the fucking day. But again, um, everyone, like every little kid that finds Man of War could potentially turn out to a guy into a person that listens to 
uh, Writhing Shadows and stuff. You've got to get in there somewhere. And um, Man of War's a good entry-level band. Entry oh, yeah. band. I have it's nothing just, against Man of War. just that they can be dicks. And that's and a bit that's like, fine. I don't know, as Heresy players, uh, we're obviously seen as elitists and stuff. Um, but we've got to remember we shouldn't really put shit on the little kids that play Age of Sigma or Warcry or stuff. Because every little kid that goes into Warhammer store plays an intro game of 40K um, with Primaris Marines or um, Age of Sigma could potentially turn out to be a big dick energy, fully painted, closer, Horus Heresy player. Um, I mean, even folks like big, I mean, Miles paints stuff that's just crazy. There was a first day that Miles walked into a bloody games workshop store and couldn't paint to save himself. But look at him now. Um, so, yeah. So, again, same with metal. For every Man of War fan, there's going to be one that turns into a fan of Writhing Shadows or someone. Well put. So, well put. Uh, and to finish off our melodic death metal thing, I've got to talk about this band because not only are they have a cool logo, and I think we should definitely play one of their songs. Uh, this is one of the more recent ones I found. Uh, Blight Reaper, uh, Lord of Nines is their album. They're from, well, again, a hugely metal spot. They're from Salem. Yeah. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, from either Sabrina the Teenage Witch or Hanging of Witches, yeah, Salem is a pretty metal area. So Abandoned Hope is the song off Lord of Nines. And these are, yeah, the, I'd call them Melodic Death. They'd yep. probably call themselves something else. But absolutely fantastic. Blight Reaper um, is, abs- like, seriously, it's it, it, this is another one of those discoveries that I made recently and fucking blown away. Uh, yeah, so the guy from Blight Reaper, uh, again, this is uh, the same old story. Got into Warhammer in middle school. Um, one of his classmates brought a Grey Knight Codex into history class. And, I mean, we've all been there. You see that? First time it blows your way. After about a year after that, he got into the Swedish mellow death scene, um, which I think we can see a bit. And later on, discovered the mighty bolt thrower. And I think that's sort of set him on his life path to where he turned up. Ah, and it's good that it did. A fellow traveler then. Yeah. So he's turned up. And again, Lord of Nines is, uh, I'd put this on one of my, I'm not going to rank them, but this is in my top five albums on this list. Yeah, so Blight Reaper, um, out of Salem. You don't get more metal than that. I think we might listen to Abandon Hope, and after that we'll come back with some electronica.
Okay, so we I didn't just talk to metal bands, JP. Luckily, I happen to have access to uh, one of the former rock star game designers from Forge still a rock star, still a rock star. I've like there's that picture going around where I've photoshopped a mullet onto his head with him showing book passing book nine down to the people. But we're talking, of course, about the one and only Anuj, um, or as the Australians call him, the Nudge. A lovely guy. I, I hit him up to see if I just because I'm friends with him on Facebook. I just said, "Are you a metalhead?" And he said, "Yes." And then he realised I was talking to you, JP, and he said, "Well, I'm actually not that much of a metalhead because I think we might have intimidated him a bit." <laughs> but um, but he does. No, listen that to was metal. never my intention. He, yeah, I know. But when people said, "Yeah, I'm into metal," and then they they look at us, people like us that have battle jackets and big beards and, and know who fucking. <laughs> George Fisher is and stuff. Um, yeah. He does He does listen to some cool music, though. He listens to music when he's writing, a lot of pop and things. But the one he did mention that he listens to is Billie Eilish. So we're going to out Anuj as a Billie Eilish fan on the podcast. Um, what? But here's the thing. In the, in the metal world, particularly in the sort of European stuff and things, Billie Eilish is the one pop star that you can like because she is the one that's cool with the goss and cool with the metal guys. There's a lot of metal metal journalists and stuff really rate Billie Eilish. And the song Anuj mentioned to um, that was one of his favourite is Burning Cities and Phosphex, Burning Cities and Phosphex Skies, which is actually turned up in one of the rule books that uh, Anuj has uh, written. <laughs> um, that is... That was inspired by Billie Eilish's "Scorch the Earth and Boil the Seas." So, so at we the may end of the sit day, here. Billie we Eilish. may sit here and talk about how Bolt throws the start of everything and stuff. But um, if you've read a black book recently, it's been partly inspired by Billie Eilish, thanks to Anouj. But again, yeah, love Anouj, lovely guy. Definitely, definitely sees the connection between music and Warhammer. Yeah, he's so um, great. What a what a wonderful person. And I I'm, and I think all of us in the community are incredibly grateful that after leaving uh, Games Workshop, he's continued to be a part of the community and uh, yeah, still as badass as ever, a, as mean, much of a he, legend as one could be. He he was part of the community beforehand, and he's now he's part of the community again. Um, yeah, really good dude. So shout out to the news. But what what um, this shows us is that Warhammer music does not have to be metal. Yeah. That's, that's mean, my segue. That's my segue. The one thing, I mean, the funny thing was when we were about to record, um, we just said, oh, yeah, there's six day bands, whatever. As I was recording, I Googled uh, Blood for the Blood God to get the info on the Sabbath album. Sabbath album. And doing that brought up two, just the Google search brought up two other bands that um, we I don't know enough about to talk about here, but they were alternative. Alternative bands. So actually, one called Combat Hippies. They're an alternative band that I've only just found. But we literally found that while I was Googling. So there's that much out there. But that brings us into synth. So it's a bit of, there's there's a big crossover with synth and metal in a lot of places. There's, a, mm-hmm. there's synth metal. There's there's heavy synth. Um, they're both groups of people that wear black t-shirts all the time. Um, so um, you you normally go somewhere and you'll see a big metal dude with a goth girlfriend and he'll be the metal dude and she'll be the synth listener. Or um, the opposite. Or the opposite. But yeah, it was it was this it was more a stereotype. 
that yeah but um there is a big crossover between how would you do, uh, define metal. synth i think there's a huge crossover in particular with uh dark wave yeah uh, uh which is sort of if if you've watched an 80s horror movie with a synth sound, a soundtrack like anything by john carpenter or frankly pretty much anything that was made in the 80s like a slasher or something like that like yeah. the theme to halloween imagine mm. someone making that music but like fresh like yeah. new music that's like dark wave and you look at stuff Persip- like uh carpenter brute now like carpenter yeah. brute play per- uh, metal festivals per- uh, perturbator play metal festivals um there's a fairly well-known tazzy guy called strybog that started some really he started out as a really underground black metal guy he now does dark wave um there's a huge crossover between the two but and as we found there's a large amount of synth bands too so we can't we can't do a a podcast about warhammer music and not talk about the synth bands do you want to start out with the two ambient sort of ones let's do it um so we've got orc forge out of serbia so i think the yeah it's again we've the two uh i've just noticed the two ambient bands are both out of serbia and i don't know really yeah. Oh fuck! Look at uh, that. Yeah. So Orc Forge. Um, Go Serbia. Yeah. The the kings of ambient Warhammer music. They got a couple of albums out. Orc Forge. Uh, Age of Battle. Age of Power. Um, Age of Power was probably my pick. Um, that's probably the best one. They're they're really they're really good. If if I mean sometimes especially when you've got people around that aren't into death metal as much as me and JP, synth stuff is really good to play in the background. Especially the stuff that's ambient. Like if you were having an event and you wanted something playing over the speakers just to create a bit of atmosphere or or like a you know, or a narrative game or something, this these are really good. Um or even yeah, a role so playing of, game or yeah, uh, role playing uh, game. Yeah. Um yeah, Age of Power from Orc Forge. The other the really good uh atmospheric one would be again from Syria is Monasterium Imperi. They've got a cup they've got a few they're not really albums, they're more EPs or just just outputs um, the Aperium Liturgy and Sanguius Divinus. Again, more really good atmospheric synth. Oh, it's uh, more than stuff. that. These are straight up Gregorian chants. Yeah, I, mean, I, I uh, this is perfect for. Um, I, I, I honestly, the, I think the best place for this is the background. If you're playing like a, a, a like a Dark Heresy, um, yeah, uh, like the RPG or, or something like that. It's it, it, I think it, it's made to sound like what Holy Terra sounds like all the time. Yeah, just like is, monks chanting. It's yeah. it's fucking awesome. Again, really good. Um, if you can pronounce them, say again, Mortis Libertarum Nihilil. Again, from Serbia. So shout out to the Serbians. Back to more classic synth. So for for the sake of mine and JP's sanity, we've put all the dark wave, dark synth, synth, EDM, ambient, industrial. We've just called it synth metal. As a genre, has probably the most subgenres in the world. The only one that comes, set, the one that comes close second to that is synth, because there yeah. is hundreds. And real synth heads will get really angry if I use the wrong genre. Um, so I'm just going to call them all synth or electro. So please don't stab us with your um, with your gothic little knife <laughs> and your giant <laughs> pants. Yeah, that will stomp on us with your giant shoes. Going to hit you with your with your glow sticks. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's not make any more enemies. Yeah, okay. Sorry, goths. Uh, I'll start off with Grimdark Folium, which is a cool name. There's so many cool I know, names. it's so good. Book of the Vast, Book of the Leech, and Book of the Plague. Again, a bit of a theme, the same theme going on through all of their stuff. Blood Gold would be my pick of the things. Um, they're from California. 
which are normally associated with sunny, happy music. But obviously, we've got Gene Steeler before, and these guys now. There's there's some good stuff coming out of California. Dark Slaughter, Realm of Chaos, not to be confused with the Bolt Thrower album. They're from Russia, another Russian band. Um, there's a few entries from Russia here, which is good. The Throne, really good song. Again, really good to stick it on in the background when you're painting or doing stuff re- or playing a game. I really like Dark Slaughter because it's also got a rock and roll kind of like yeah. feel to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you like Ramstein, these guys are going to yes. be really. That's great. Um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be, yeah, Ramstein. I know Ramstein's big in Russia. So um, actually, sidetrack. Did you know my um, my mechanic and my army are communist Russian bots that like Ramstein? <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, but who doesn't like? I don't like. I I I I don't like Ramstein. I still I still like Ramstein. If that makes sense. Yeah, you like, can't. How can you, you can't not like Ramstein? Yeah, exactly. Just, like yeah. Oh, they're playing in Montreal in like two weeks too. Uh, oh yeah, if you like, can go to Ramstein live. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. Uh, I. I uh, I would have had to get tickets because this is uh, the show that was put off two years ago. So like oh, shit. sold out since like 2019. <laughs> Not cheap, but yeah. And they're consistently out for two on Ramstein. But yeah, Dark Slaughter. If you like Ramstein, you'll like Dark Slaughter. Uh, one of the weirder ones, Arts versus Fish. Fish? That's, I don't know if we've got any Norwegian listeners that can translate that. Fish. Uh, this is very much the art house synth. Um, they put an album out called Lichter Evaporated. So they've done a bunch of albums, but they've, they've put one out that was themed around 40K. And Lipter of Actorated's. Yeah, if you like your art house electronic music, this is definitely something to check out. Uh, and the song of choice will be a well-polished Volca. Rightio. Another one from Norway. A couple of industrial ones. This one is actually called Industrial. Like that's a good in, name. In, not Industrial. In, that's with I-N-J-U-S-T-R-I-A. Industrial. Galaxy and In Flames would be the album. And Blood and Skulls, um, really good song off that one. And off to the land of Bjork, um, Iceland. This sounds nothing like Bjork. This is the band Noise Marine, and they've put out Warhead. This is probably one of the heavier industrial ones. But it's good to have a band, a band from Iceland. Yeah, really good. Uh, Perfect Hate, again, from Russia. Uh, Chaos Sit, as in C-H-A-O-S-I-T, one word. The album... No, that's really good. The song on there, Corn. This is, again, dark, heavy synth industrial stuff. Really good. It'd be really good with the Necromunda game, I think. Mm, uh, yeah. A lot of this synth stuff, again, will go, especially the heavy stuff, will go really good with Necromunda. Really fit in there. Again, this one's a bit more. Uh, the next one's Out of Night from California, again. A bit more ambient. Uh, Peter Mutatis Part 2. The song off there, I'd say, would be Disengage the Gellerfield. <laughs> that's great which yeah for anyone that knows their their lore of um 40k knows that if you do that there'll be all demons all up in your shit uh radio uh astral one immaterium these are guys are from brazil um it's good to see a brazilian synth band brazil's mostly known for death metal and black metal these days but they're, they're putting out good synth stuff as well so yeah astral one immaterium uh, Slanish would be the pick of the songs. Another Russian. This is this is one of the fa- one of my favorites out of the synth land. So they hit, uh, they're called E dot E M M P. So E dot M dot M dot P. They've got a couple of output. They've got uh, one called Grim Dark Future and another called this, The Quiet Offend Slanesh. which is the best name. 
Yeah, that that's I mean you just can't quiet go wrong with offense, Lanesh. <laughs> yeah. So good. And if you're thinking they might be some dreamy synth band, uh my favorite song from them is One More Kill, One More Skull for Corn. <laughs> um so good. Really like if if you go to a, if you can think of the goth with dread dreads and a gas mask dancing to really heavy music. This is the sort of stuff that that's this is this is great stuff. Um and a little where are we now? A little Australian band I did not know about until I started looking at this. Um Isley. I-S-S-E-R-L-E-Y. Um I think they're out from in WA. Good names in um and uh, yeah they're again some heavy synth. Um so the more the more metal in spirit synth music we'll say. Um their track of xenophobia is really good. And we're getting towards the end here. The contradiction. They're from they're uh, they've got a few guys in there. So they've got guys from the Czech Republic, uh, Kazakhstan and the Ukraine. Really themed music. There's a there's a story sort of running through them, I think. Um, really fluff heavy. Um, the latest one, the final form of the Crimson King. As everyone know, will be old Magnus the Red. There's a bunch of songs on the album, uh, like Prospero Burns and everything like that. What's really cool about The Contradiction is that they have both versions of their songs with lyrics and that are just uh, yeah. uh, instrumental, which is really cool if you're trying to you know, create some uh, some ambiance for a game yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no, they're really great bands. So again, on Bandcamp, so really good. just run through them again. And I think to f- the last band we'll talk about, <laughs> I think... Will be a, even though this is the so-called Warhammer Metal episode, we're going to finish on a synth one. Um, this is a favourite of both mine and JP's. Um, the band's called Stuka, obviously in honour of the cool World War Two German plane. But the album is called "I Smell Heresy" and I'm here with here to kill you. <laughs> and the song that we're going to finish on is "I Smell Heresy" and I'm here to kill you. Because let's be honest, with a name like that, what more can you say? It's so catchy. Like I was listening to it this afternoon. Uh, like it just made me so happy. And and sometimes that's what you need from your music. I've mentioned it a few times today, but like sometimes you just need your music to make it to make you happy. And Stuka, yeah. I smell here <laughs> kill you. Yeah, you Maybe. just got to say the name and you're happy. Oh, it's so great. They also have a song called Isvan Three, which is also awesome. I think they only have three songs. Yeah, that and Space Quest, but definitely Espel Harrison. I'm here to kill you. Uh, brought great joy to my life, and we're gonna play that right now.
right, so that was Stuka. I smell heresy. I'm here to kill you. Just so, so wonderful. That made me happy. Okay, so that was our uh, our, our metal special, even though we had a bunch of non-metal stuff, but I think that's perfectly fine. We had metal adjacent stuff, right? Yeah, it was so, it was so it adjacent. It was all metal. A lot of it was metal in spirit, and it was all heresy and for Warhammer in spirit. So it's all good. Oh, yeah. So um, as I think you mentioned briefly, uh, in the 10 minutes before we started recording, what happened? I found two more bands. Hey, <laughs> yeah, like literally, we, I thought I basically said, yeah, we found this many. And yeah, I just two. Because we went through 57 Warhammer themed bands. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just the new ones. That's not counting the from the bolt so bad, It's not counting bolt thrower. Oh my god, we didn't even. Yeah. Uh, and there's even some that we didn't talk about, like uh, debauchery, the band from Germany. Um, yeah. That guy that sings songs about corn, and uh, he he got fired from a t- his teaching job. Yeah, uh, um, but- and there's other like there's a there's one of the more well known bands. I don't know if you know Anel Nakrath, um, the UK band. Um, rumor has it the the bass player. Oh, I know the bass player for that band, which is um. They've got a really cool album art with like a pig's head with penises coming out of its eyes on their last album. This one does. Yeah. Um, and now Nacra, they're, they're quite a big band, but the bass player for those guys is a huge Death Guard player. He's got an Instagram that's all about his Death Guard and stuff. And hopefully we'll just keep finding more. Like, I, like JP said, we thought we'd find 10 and we've found 60 <laughs> so far. So um, if this was, if you enjoyed this, please let us know. And I think we might be back for part two. But at the end of the day, I think to conclude this, metal is the most nerd of all, the nerdiest of all musical genres. And I don't think it's close. I remember one year I went to Maryland Death Fest and I was in the elevator with this guy. It was Maryland Death Fest and uh, going on at the same time as a a comic book convention at the convention center in Baltimore. And I was in the elevator with this guy with like sweatpants and a black t-shirt and there was no way to know where he was going. Is he going to the comic book convention or the metal show? There's no way to know yeah. because fucking metal is the nerdiest of all genres. The, the the reason I got back into heresy, JP, like I said before, was because uh, I, I clicked on a podcast and Tim from Ivor Horace has got an awesome taste in music as well. So he was rocking some uh, Mastodon and some, I can't remember what else he was playing, but that's, that's what got me back into the heresy. So metal yeah everything comes down to metal i mean and it's a good time i mean the most famous character on the internet at the moment is a metalhead that plays dungeons and dragons in the 80s <laughs> so um that's good but anyways um this was our our, our metal special long time uh, in the works i hope everybody enjoyed it i want to really thank ben so very much for all the incredible amount of work that that he put into again that's it wasn't really work i mean i, I just look up bands on Bandcamp anyway so just, i just had to type in warhammer you worked well. very hard on this and i really appreciate it take yes. the praise the australians are as bad as us canadians with taking praise you know I'm, I'm really really grateful uh i had so much fun on this and i hope everybody out there uh enjoyed it and to end this i think there's only one way to end this there's only one way to end this episode Gretchen, and what is holiday. your favorite bull thrower song oh look it's got to be well data well, that's what's going in there. So we're going to close out this metal special with which which version? The original Realm of Chaos version or the uh, Who Dares Wins uh, uh, version? I will stick with Realm of Chaos. I can, All right. That's, that's, that's the origin. But <laughs> All that's right, Genesis. So-
so this was our uh, metal special. We'll be closing out with World Eater because who the fuck doesn't love that song? And uh, as usual, thanks for listening. Silence. It's a